Yo, this is Conan. You're listening to World of Wrestling Podcast with Tax and Rich. Boom. Hello, everybody. <laughs> Welcome to the World of Wrestling Podcast. My name is Rich, and as always, I'm joined by my good buddy, Tax Williams. Hello, everybody. How you doing? I'm very well, man. Right, to start off with, you've got some OWE stuff going on, don't you? Oh, man. What an exciting well, week it's been. Yeah, uh, yeah. So, OWE UK has been announced. I've been insanely busy, but I have been keeping up with it a little bit. So, we've got OWE UK tour going on, which is going to be really cool. Yep. 18th, 19th, 20th, 21st, and 22nd of September. Two nights, 18th, 19th in London at the Dome in yeah, Tufnell Park. Tufnell Park. Cannot Park. wait to commentate that venue and then the final three nights are up at the blackie in liverpool although cool. i can't make night number five because i've already got a booking motherfucker <laughs> double book tax yeah hey, that's so, awesome um, obviously always on your bookings so um yeah we're gonna have i've heard obviously rumors on the grapevine slash i know we have four championships being defended over these five days. We're going to be crowning the uh, OWE UK Tag Team Champions. Oh, wow. Okay. We've already had the Gymnasty Boys and also Stronghearts, Seema, L. Lindemann, T-Hawk. They're coming over nice. as well for yeah, this. Yeah. Um, other tag teams are going to be announced over the next coming days. There's going to be seminars. If you want to come and train, I have reason to believe that if you train well on these seminars, you may make it on to one of these OWE shows. Nice, Robbie man. Sharp and um, Luke King Sharp are out there training people at the dojo in China at the moment, so that's not too bad. But yeah, tickets available, uh, check uh, the OWE Facebook and go from there. Is that the best place, the OWE Facebook? OWE Facebook. The tickets are bought through Eventbrite. Um, uh, we'd already sold, I think, a quarter of the tickets before they'd even gone on general sale. Nice. I mean, we'll be tweeting out links from the, OW, from yeah. our, from the OWE, from our World of Rest pod on Twitter and stuff, and yeah. yours is the Tax Williams one. Yeah. Um, fanboy rich we'll be tweeting out links and stuff so make sure you check us out and uh yeah come come to the show it's gonna be great yeah lots of wrestlers lots of ladies in the crowd lots of tna oh there's the really bad links i didn't have time to write anything worst transition ever <laughs> <laughs> normally they're pretty good so today we are doing a tna's turning point 2004 Bush. for episode number 40 40 episodes in yeah for sure and i feel like i've aged 40 years watching this show it was this was 100% your choice I couldn't hate you more for it this yeah this was my choice based on many things that have been going on in TNA at this time which is why I wanted to cover this show all right cool so leading up to this point so up to turning point 2004 we had seen the return of macho man read the boots first name macho last name man had returned to TNA to help out uh, Jeff Hardy in his ongoing feud with Jeff Jarrett okay We'd also had none of this is explained on the pay per view. No, <laughs> so Randy Savage basically reappeared at Victory Road in 2004, cool. which I believe was main evented by Jeff Jarrett and Jeff Hardy. You're a macho mark like I am, right? Yeah, yeah. I'm, he's like one of my all time favorites. He. Yeah. This was the time he'd released his rap album. Oh, nice. So, you're man, Hawk. <laughs> so what a time to come and promote your shit in a, a TV show no one watches. Was also one of the answers to the Super Quiz Cup. <laughs> yeah. So. <laughs> um, also, Monty Brown. Uh, known in WWE as Marcus Corvon, had recently been having sort of an attempted run at the title, but had been um, attacked by Abyss. Which he has a hell of a showing on this show. <laughs> Goddamn Monty Brown, what a talent. Um, yeah. and, and also, more importantly, so along with some of the old WCW guys like Raven, DDP, Eric Watts all coming in, having their little uh, feud, um, we had a little incident at the Royal Rumble. Well, yeah. Mm, cookie gate, as they refer cookie to Cookie gate, where WWE were trying to take out an injunction against TNA because they filmed some of their talent backstage raiding catering and potentially putting some wrestlers' faces, unmasked Rey Mysterio, on their TV show. And they were trying to stop TNA showing the tape. That word, raiding. 
I know. <laughs> <laughs> they walked onto a set, stood at catering, met some friends, and basically and then left. <laughs> and basically continually had Tracy Brooks go- and Shane Douglas going, "Oh, she's got biscuits. She's got muffins." Yeah. Yeah. But basically, the state of TNA is Jeff Jarrett is in charge. He's brought in Hall and Nash to be the kings of wrestling, not Cesaro and Chris Hero. King's Reign Supreme, yeah, for oh, sure. Oh, hell yeah. <laughs> um, and you've also got the beginning of the formations of Team Canada. <sighs> main, yep. main event, though. <laughs> main event, we've also had AMW and Triple uh, X mm. going at each other time and time again with some decently well-received Meltzer-based matches. Yeah. And they are going to settle it in the main event in a six sides of steel. Losing team may not tag ever again. So... They've just moved to Florida at this point, haven't they? Yeah, so they've done all their 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 sort of victory road was one of their first big pay per views at the sound stage at Orlando. Right, okay. And then that's where it all started to run and they started doing their monthly pay per views from here with a cool. double J as our current reigning and defending NWA World's heavyweight champion. How do you spell that name? I think it's uh O V E R <laughs> Over <laughs> the eternal mid carder <laughs> you know, like. as I, I was starting to think to myself like leading up to our 50th episode i was mm. going to re- write down which wrestlers have been covered most on our podcast and i think double j is featured jeff, on quite a lot jeff jarrett's right up there man hall of fame world of wrestling podcast hall of famer oh maybe we just did, we, we haven't done any sort of end of year awards cause we've done a year maybe like in december we'll do like an end of year kind of like you know people can vote and we'll send them an yeah. award we'll send like a publisher certificate or something like we'll that see if we can get some sort of video of them receiving their awards yeah. you know this would be great well but the question is do we do a host of the year <laughs> do you mean you well it'll be you <laughs> because ESPN didn't want to touch me <laughs> they wanted you super fan rich yeah fucking hell alright let's get into the show so I ended up watching this uh, I couldn't find it anywhere legally I'm going to be honest because I was like fuck it <laughs> for TNA uh, and so I ended up signing up for the I thought well fuck it let's try the TNA streaming service and see how it is because it's relatively new it's called T- Impact Plus yeah because obviously TNA isn't TNA anymore it's Impact Impact it's by Cyrus and Scott Demore well, and, isn't it and Anthem run hold the main shareholder and oh, okay. Scott Demore and um, Don Callis run most they, of it they now. run out of Canada now don't they like Toronto yeah. area I think it is because yeah. I've watched a couple of their shows and it's okay you know the, the wrestling is interesting and Brian Cage and yeah. people like that you know Johnny Mundo your favourite anyway so <laughs> oh, very quickly I have to say <laughs> Dalton Castle on Twitter earlier mm. posted like someone mistook me earlier for uh, John Morrison so I'm now going to walk around my t-shirt of new unfound confidence <laughs> parkour yeah <laughs> Parkour wanker. <laughs> so, I mean, the streaming service has issues. Okay, I'll get to those as we okay. kind of get through the show because I'll do it as in chronological as I experienced it. But um, the streaming service is okay. It, it's not the caliber of the network or even something like the high spots thing or like progress is on yeah. demand. But it, it, it's reasonable. But again, they've only just started it. I think it was in May. And we're recording this now. Kind of, what is it? The first of July, isn't it? Like third of July. Third now. of July. There we go. Well, dates. Their <laughs> streaming service, TNA streaming service, started mm. still at the tail end of Dixie Carter's reign, mainly because they struggled with their TV deals. Okay. So at the moment, they are. If they're not on it already, they're about to be on Spike TV. Oh, uh, as, uh, as, in two thousand four. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, and their weekly shows. Um, but then at the tail end, where they were being bumped around like Pop TV and um, America's Network or whatever it was called. Yeah. Um, 
they started their streaming service so people could see it. That's also the same time that uh, Challenge TV pulled out of their deal to show TNA in the UK. Yeah, which, which got a lot of views. It I was, think it kept them going for a long time. That UK market and all their UK tours yeah. kept them going. They did Wembley Arena a few times and sold it out, but then like later in life they tried to do it and it didn't really work out. So it was well. like ICW at the Hydro for the third time. Oh, did they that not, level of tickets? Did they not have great set of numbers the third no. time? Oh, really? Wow, That's I didn't know that. Yeah, it's a shame because ICW were kind of like one of them leading forces in the north. You know? Yeah, you notice now why WWE tend to buddy buddy up with Progress and Fight Club Pro, oh. and they don't say much of ICW. Let's just skip over that because my opinion of Progress recently has been a bit like mm, anyway. Good thing though, so, um, fair play to Joel calling out the fucktards. Yeah, yeah. Uh, Progress. Their fucking fans drive me crazy. I like hope at Ali Pally. I hope at Ali Pally that there'll be so many people there that the fucktards will be stabbed. Yeah, exactly. But it's when it's like seven hundred people. And you've got one person front row that every time there's a dull moment in the action, he's like, clap, clap, clap. We're like, oh, just shut the fuck up for five minutes. You know, but anyway. So it's back to TNA. So satellites, lightning, clouds, spinny fucking logo. This is TNA. (laughs) Fucking great. I love it. That's really fun. Great start. Great (laughs) start. Absolutely. So uh, (laughs) it's downhill from here, boys. So I ordered this on the TNA Plus streaming service. It's got a snazzy name, TNA Plus. Mm. Sounds like a plus size kind of like, you know, I don't know, clothing outfit or whatever. (laughs) Adult diaper. Yeah, it's really weird. So when did your fandom start of TNA? Go on, let's get into this. Right. I started watching TNA um, again around this time in 2004. When they moved from Nashville to Florida, basically. Nashville to Florida. Um, being a bit of a raven mark i was happy that he was in there and going into the title match and again 2004 wwe i was a bit like "Eh." yeah this was the hornswoggle through the wall sort of period wasn't it yeah it was it wasn't great and obviously being an attitude era guy and a nitro guy monday night wars seeing people like scott hall ddp move across this is that period with the vanilla giant in wwe yeah and also it's the time that for the first time as an adult, I had um, dial-up internet. Ooh. So outside of looking at pornos, <laughs> three-second minutes on a I know dial-up internet, thirty seconds of tits. Yes, <laughs> I could also leave it to download wrestling shows overnight. And then I started yeah, watching yeah. the uh, the weekly pay-per-views when they're on Fox. What were you using? Was it Kazar or Kazar Napster? Or- <laughs> oh, it was Kazar. <laughs> okay, yeah. Cool. That Kaz- yeah, all hail Kazar. <laughs> yeah, for sure. Um, we also bought wrestling stuff as well, just to point it out. We didn't oh yeah. just steal stuff. Yeah, Go but on. early 2004s, you know, I was just a young trainee accountant wanking off into a sock. Yeah, no, so- no one cared about fucking stealing stuff back then. It was no. fine. Cheers, Lars Ulrich. <laughs> Bellend. <laughs> fucking um, But anyway. then, again, it's just familiarity with some new names. So obviously, seeing people like AJ Styles, seeing people like um, Ron Killings, who I, I remember from the time was, oh, it's K-Quick. Mm, yeah, it, it, it was it was a good time, and then I then when I heard that Savage was back, I was like, "Fuck yeah!" Yeah, he's there. He's there. Yeah, he is. Anyway, so got an opening video package. Uh, Macho Man is here. Kings of Wrestling. Uh, Jarrett is totally cringe. It's this the three of them. So it's Hall, Nash, and Jarrett in a drop top car with the static kind of camera with the background moving in Elvis kind of gear, trying to be funny. And uh, it's just I, I like Scott Hall and Kevin Nash are entertaining. But every time it comes to Jarrett, it's like he's cutting one-liners that they fed him that don't get over at all. He's just I, completely I, cringe. I think Hall and Nash basically go, say this, Jeff, it'll be funny. Yeah. Absolutely. Scott Hall, funny line, funny line, Jeff Jarrett. And then I said, I'll have a burger. <laughs> what, has that got any relevance to anything, Jeff? <laughs> and then I said, that's a nice ski mask. <laughs> yeah, you know, it really is along those lines. It's just fucking terrible. But uh, the, uh, the one thing I thought was a nice moment in this car, they've got the NWA strap on the dash yeah. of the bonnet. I thought it was quite nice, but whatever. So there's lots of like, ow, my eyes pyro as this kind of kicks in. Like it's literally, I'm like, ah. 
as I'm watching this. That's a problem. We've got a tiny soundstage and all of WCW's knocked off pyro that they didn't yeah. transfer. That's like that the stuff left over in the basement. Like, yeah. just bring that Bob. every week, boys. <laughs> it's the level of spooty promo, of spooty, spooty pyro on this show is incredible. I'm pretty sure there was no health and safety checking that soundstage. No, no, fuck no, because they haven't got the space to do like in the sky beginning of raw 1997 but they promo. Do it. <laughs> well they kind of do it but it's it's like you know a meter or two meters high every time so it looks a bit i don't know goldberg would have died with that pyro <laughs> yeah, for sure so uh oh my god the commentary like 90 percent of my notes are about Don West and Mike today. What are you trying to say? I'm the Professor Mike Tanay. Ah, Mike Tanay, I'm Don West. But Don West is basically fucking Cartman with a bit of a deeper voice. What cunt <laughs> employs these two people? Well, Mike Tanay's the wait, professor, wait, wait. and then hears them do commentate on pro wrestling as like, yeah, perfect. <laughs> Like, I'm really not one to judge because I have horribly I might get fired from OWE after these next few shows. Mate. It's not great, They're is it? They're so bad. I forgot how bad they were. But I tried to go into this like positive, like, come on, this is a good time period for TNA. There's got to be some good matches and the commentary can't be that bad. <laughs> it's just the worst. But do you know how Don West got his job? Commentating. I know he does like the sales stuff. Well, he does the sales stuff, and it was the sort of thing that before shows he would just stand there on the house mic, shilling signings, meet and greets, everything, and people just be like, "Just get him to shut the fuck up." <laughs> we'll put him on commentary instead. Yeah. No one can hear him unless it's in the truck. <sighs> like Mike today has this monotone, shouty, nasal. Blah, 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 Everything is that level constantly. I like think you put, a bit most... too, you put too much passion into that. Well, though. yeah, for sure. Mama, 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 mama. I have this note written down here, which I can't, I can't be fucked to find later, but I'll say it now. Like, Tanae and Wes do this thing where they constantly go, oh, he's the most agile. He's the most athletic. He's the most manipulative. He's so every single person on the card is the greatest thing they've ever fucking seen. So in reality, no one is great for the way they put it over. Wait, don't you ever listen to commentary of indie wrestling? (laughs) (laughs) But everyone has moments of tone. Like there'll be bits where, you know, a match where someone will dominate someone else during the match. And they'll be going, oh, look how resilient the guy is, you know? Then they never put anyone over more than anyone else. Yeah. And so no one's over. No one ever gets put over because it's just constant fucking noise. My favorite hill, my favorite hill beating down a face. Oh my God, he's all over him like white on rice. <laughs> yeah. Tanae quote. Oh, it's fucking weird. So, I mean, Don West is also wearing a pleather shirt. I've written down like it's Jody Fleisch's ring gear, but in a shirt. <laughs> and I'm like, Don West wears that so you can't see the pit stains on TV. Wait, what? why? And also, they've only got Mike Tanay on there because it sounds like TNA. <laughs> Mike oh, TNA. I've never even put the two and two together. <laughs> anyway, so um, Vince and Triple H arrive, <laughs> which was the best part of this show. You say best. Well, do you think it worked? No, it was shit. It was terrible. Yeah. So, I mean, what was this storyline? Something about Dusty with a tape... And how Vince and Triple H are here to destroy it. Is this the cookie gate thing? Yeah, this is all cookie gate based. What? Why? Because <laughs> one of one of the uh, the selling points for TNA for this pay-per-view was that we're going to show the tape all the WWE stuff we went to. Wow. But they don't uh, want us to show and the lawyers are here. And they fucking did. So um, I wonder whether that was Pete Williams as Triple H. I think so. He looked about the right size. Yeah. At one point, he literally just faces the camera, but like the stream was such shit quality. <laughs> I couldn't even see who it was, to be totally honest. No, but... you couldn't see it even on what I... Because I, I was watching mine on Fight Network, uh, oh, okay. so it was on Sky. 
when I recorded it, by the way, they put so many adverts into it, this pay-per-view was four and a half hours long. I was going to say, so there's these things where it just fades to black at random. Yeah. And so that's adverts. Yeah. Because someone will be in a position where they're about to do a suplex, for example, they'll fade to black. And they fade back up, and they're still in that same position. Yeah. So it's not like it's done live, and they've put an advert over the top of it. They've literally cut the footage, yeah. spliced in an advert, and then started it again. Yeah. <laughs> it's like, fucking hell. Is this because you've become so acclimatized watching WWE, you're expecting this to be two out of three falls, and no <sighs> wrestling goes on during the breaks? <laughs> so four and a half hours this ended up being. Uh, with adverts. So I fast-forwarded Jesus. through all of my adverts. So it was about a three-hour show at the end of it. Yeah, like luckily the streaming service I watched it on had no adverts at all. It just yeah. had the weird fade to blacks they left in for some God knows reason, rather than just putting a little splice so it just continues the whole time. Nostalgia? Well, anyway. so I mean, you'd think, in all honesty, because it's your own streaming service, fucking put in adverts for your own shit. Yeah, yeah, maybe. Yeah, that could work. Modern stuff and visit things, you know, try Impact and Wrestling Shop, buy our t shirts. Yeah, no way was I inclined to watch any more TNA after this. Hang on, are you telling me anyway? you've cancelled your subscription <laughs> to Impact Plus? <laughs> it's actually free for a little bit, so I haven't cancelled it yet, just Ooh, in case. Oh, but... don't accidentally let it. That's how Experian get you. I'm not going to give them any money. <laughs> <Jesus>. <laughs> so there's uh, graphics before the first match about these taglines, okay? And so let's try and make sense of these taglines and the way they're phrased, okay? <laughs> it's a rematch from Victory Road, okay? Fine with that, okay. Can Canada handle the truth? <laughs> you can't handle the truth! Without without the commentators explaining this, who wrote this bullshit? Can Canada handle the truth? <laughs> Russo. And we know what they're talking about, because it's yeah. Team Canada and killings and all this sort of stuff. He's the truth, you know, so... But whatever. It's also Canada Day this week, so happy birthday, Canada. I don't know. Happy Canada Day. <laughs> whatever Canada Day is. So um, then the last one is, will youth be served or will experience rule? <laughs> Like, who wrote this shit? What does that mean? And also, don't prelude to what's going to happen. Will you be served? Hang on. How old do you think Randy Savage is? <laughs> Wait, are you telling me he's not going to be wrestling in the match? It's just, it's less of tale of the tape sort of stuff. I'm more like, this is the story we're going to do. You better fucking play along. <laughs> yeah. You know? Do what but, we do. I'm going to fucking hurt you. But you you play the, the, the filler before the start of the show. And But you've already done the Vince Triple H thing before it. Yeah, for sure. It's ah, uh, it's just the whole thing's so messy. Like right from the beginning, there's so God much. Awful. I'm just like, we could just cut all this out and just get to a match, and it'll be brilliant. But we've got adverts to show, so yeah, oh, of course, yeah. So six-sided ring. This is the early adoption of the six-sided ring, isn't it? it was yeah, because the whole gimmick is that this is like the first six-sided cage in North America, sort of yes. thing, isn't it? That's yep. the whole gimmick. I remember this being six-sided still, yeah. I remember tuning in just to see what this looked like more than anything, and how they would utilize it. Let's be honest. Apart from the Elix Skipper thing, which we'll get to later, it, it's just like resting in a four-sided ring, but the ring's stiffer, the ropes have less give. And there's less view for the cameraman to get through and take yeah. your shots. And when, when you do a tag match, you have to stand on the weird corners opposite each other and it just doesn't work. Someone like, should have told Matcha Man that in the main event. <laughs> well, anyway, yeah. it's, I, I don't get the six-sided ring at all, never have, really. They tried to, the, Dixie Carter always wanted to keep it because she thought it made them stand out from WWE and gave them something different. And because of yeah. it being so popular in AAA... It's AAA who used six sides. Yeah, yeah. They, they kind of go back and forth between yeah. the two, but this time they were exclusively using the six sided. We have to watch Triple Mane this year, by the way. Have you seen the main <laughs> event? No, what is it? Cody Rhodes teaming with Psycho Clown and Kane Velasquez. <laughs> oh, I knew that was happening. Yeah. yeah. Against. Um, uh, who are they going against? It'll be probably um, the Paris del Mal leftovers. Mm. Or maybe the, the Ingobernables left over. 
Uh, all I know, Russian. I, I also know that Wagner's Vag- not only lost his mask last trip, mate, now he's going to lose his hair in a hair versus mask match this year. With... Uh, who cares? Okay, we'll look up the card. As long as Murder Clown's on it, then I'm in. I haven't seen Murder Clown mentioned yet. He fucking better be there. Even if he's just like valeting or because whatever. Because who's going to fucking catch Aerostar? <laughs> exactly. <laughs> Someone didn't last time. <laughs> yeah, and anyway. he almost died. So, um, Man, this show could have used some Murder Clown. Let's be honest. This, this, the soundstage and the way they've got it laid out for this show is fucking incredible. Oh, it looks great. The two tunnels, the heel and the face entrance. Always love that. Fine with that. Cool. It means you've got less of a crowd because you've got the two entrance ways that take up a bit of space. Makes sense though, if you can't sell the tickets. For sure. Um, it's There's more than just what you kind of imagine. There's big like raised sections where they've got different layers of seating. Then they've got the big logos. They've got like thousands of lights, like an excessive yeah. amount of lights. They've got logos up on the side. They've got logos on the floor. They've got everything. Like it's decked out amazingly. Like the biggest compliment I can play them is that this looked astonishingly cool. For, and especially for that time period for an, an indie promotion. Looked really, really good. Yeah, for sure. Like really impressive. Um, and then the bell rang. <laughs> <laughs> so our first match is an NWA Tag Team Championship match. You wouldn't know they were the champions because no one mentions it. But, you know, of three live crew, but there's only two of them, <laughs> wrote Dog and Ron Killings. Or what are they called here? BG James and something? I don't know. I, I, I think he was still Ron Killings at the time, wasn't he? <laughs> Road Dog. Oh, um, BG James. James. Yeah, yeah. So it's Ron Killings or... Uh, Ron the Truth Killings. Ron the Truth Killings. I think he was at this point. Yeah. Anyway, versus Team Canada of Bobby Roode and Eric Young with Scott Demore. Young, young looking young. Bobby Roode looking like hey. he's just out of college. Yeah, yeah. They both look young. And to think where they go with their storyline. Like you can see that a lot of them, are, they've both got potential. Yeah. That in like two, three years, they could be huge stars. <laughs> <laughs> Great Tash Robert Roode. It's like, it's like someone would almost fuck that up in the next few years. You <laughs> would have thought it. <laughs> So Road Dog does uh, Conan material at the beginning of his thing because Conan isn't here apparently, yeah, which is another reason why I forgot and shouldn't have watched this show. Well, yeah, yeah, I, w- I would love to have seen a bit more Conan, but you know, we're, we're Marks. He's at the beginning of our pod for fuck's yeah. sake. But uh, re- re- uh, he's he's not here. He, he's the third member of the three live crew. So yeah, so uh, he's doing the intro gimmick still. Damn, you know, not one, not two, but the, the three, three live crew. crew. But there's only two of you. So <laughs> here comes some Canadian nationalists. <laughs> <laughs> when you put it like that. It's, it's, it's a lot different than how they come over. Uh, and again, at this time, it's a case of, ah, oh, they're doing the un-Americans gimmick in WWE with yeah. Test, Lance, Storm, and Christian who don't want to get heat because they all live in America. <laughs> yeah, oh, that's all right. Let's rip this off and do it a that, bit That was worse. a weird thing, wasn't it? But whatever. So um, the finish, uh, I've just gone straight yeah. to the finish because I've got so much to do with it. There's so much to get through. And more in to stop the Canada pinfall. Uh, Bobby has BG James. Road Dog reverses. Has, has uh, Rudy... Ready for the pump handle, hump your butt move thing he does. Uh, Johnny Devine, who I think is making his debut here. Yes, first time he's joining Team Canada. Okay. And his dyed blonde curtains, which look, oh, beautiful. Hello, 1998. <laughs> That'll get you over. <laughs> Fucking A. Tries to hit Road Dog with the hockey stick, but the Canadian flag he has wrapped around it uh, has to, gets in the way. So he has to stop and then pull it, pull it, pull the Canadian flag on the hockey stick and then hit him. It takes like five minutes to fucking happen. He's working smart, brother. <laughs> Rude just rolls up Road Dog for the one, two, three, and that's the finish. And you're like, great oh, start. Oh, that was shit. <laughs> Johnny Devine, who went on to do excellent things in paparazzi promotions with Kevin Nash and I think Alex Shelley later on after Team Canada disbanded. Sure he did. So Team Canada win and new NWA tag team titles. I was like, this is for the belts. What? No yep. one mentioned it. Because you didn't see uh, <laughs> Truth or, or BG James with the belts when they came out, did you? No, not at all. 
Like, did they forget the belts or something? Or I love winning was a it belt. I, I don't even know. I don't remember. Like, seeing I didn't them remember seeing points. them, no. Fucking hell. It's just the best, most TNA start to anything. <laughs> we'll have a title change for the belts. Because we need to have a title change on the pay-per-view. Let's not put it over in any way, shape, or form, though. It's not as good as a fucking five-star show when one of the idiots forgot the belt. Oh, that was just the best when they're walking out. The tag team champions. The guy lifts his belt. The other guy's like, I'm here too. <laughs> Customs. <laughs> so uh, Dusty then cuts a promo. And I'm like, oh, I fucking love Dusty Rose. But even with it here, he's like, I'm going to play the tape. <laughs> yeah, he's got Shane Douglas standing next to him doing the interviewing. And Shane Douglas's reactions ruin this whole segment. Because he's going looking like overly serious like hum <laughs> everything dusty says and then dusty says something and you can see shane marking out because it's dusty race he's like ah, that's awesome then he goes back to going um and taking him seriously like ah and what dusty should going going hang on you call me the fat man, Dusty Rhodes, in your promo back in ECW. <laughs> the Dusty Rhodes, the Ric Flair, they can all kiss my ass. <laughs> I'm not sure he says Dusty's name in there. But he, he, when he's linking him, he goes to the fat man, Dusty Rhodes. Oh, fair enough. Yeah. Fucking hell. Because I thought that's fattest. So uh, Shane Douglas is just, his acting is just the worst. Like almost as bad as that zombie film we reviewed. I was but... going to say, if you want to see Shane Douglas's really bad acting, check out our pod in the archive of uh, Wrestlers vs. Zombies. Yeah, no, me and Nick did. It was yeah. good fun, man. It was a good laugh. I've got a couple of movies I want to review in the next few weeks as well. So we'll do another bonus pod sooner rather than later, I think. Oh, I hope it's the mizzen page and that Santa thing. Well, maybe. (laughs) (laughs) So we get a promo video for the next package. And uh, this is where I start to get a bit confused, okay? So I deliberately didn't look up the card for this show. I just turned it on started watching it. I knew enough about TNA in this time period, but I could kind of understand what was happening. So I've just written down my thoughts on this opening promo package, right? Because none of it makes any fucking sense if you haven't watched everything leading up to it. And I'm betting that even if you had watched everything leading up to it, <laughs> you probably still didn't know what the fuck was going on. So are Kid Cash and Sanjay going to murder... Uh, sorry. Wow. I skipped a line there. So are Kid Cash and Sanjay uh, facing girlfriend murderer Jimmy Snooker? <laughs> and I'm like... Superfly. Michael Shane and his partner, who's Frankie fucking Kazarian, because they don't show his face for the first minute, yeah. uh, are here also. And Roddy Piper. <laughs> Wait, there's a coconut? Sonny Siaki's here. What the fuck is going on? And then Kid Cash walks out, and you're like, what the fuck is he wearing? <laughs> Trying to be Kid Rock, isn't he? <laughs> Mate, do you want to describe this? Like, the, the velvet... The velvet purple... Fur purple uh, like, pimp jacket. Like, yin-yangs on the back, yeah. and... Man, he must have done a lot of fucking drugs before picking this out. Because, yeah, he was. What a- is this gimmick? On the plus point, though, I liked it. And uh, soon you'll see SCPW wrestler Tex Williams wearing a jacket similar to that. <laughs> if he was going for comedy, it'd be great. But you could see he's like. Wait, I'm stiff- not a comedy wrestler. <laughs> <laughs> but Kikash is like a stiff, arrogant bastard. Yeah. Why is this ring jacket? <laughs> so fucking ugly. Made from the flesh of Snooker's victims. Fuck you, Elm. So we've got a six-man tag team match that I genuinely had to look up what it was going to be because none of it was fucking explained in the pre-match stuff. Of Frankie Kazarian, Kid Cash, and Michael Shane with Tracy Brooks versus Hector Garza, fucking Sanjay Dart, and Sonny Siaki. Now, did you know that they were originally supposed to be beating up Jimmy Snooker on this match? Oh, okay. Yep, things changed. Also, again, I don't know if this is also around the time that WWE had just done their... Oh, Jericho's going to beat up the legends. Sort of things. Remember, he went because of the whole Mickey Rourke thing. Yeah. Where he d- went through um, Steamboat, Snooker, 
Piper. Well, I mean, sorry. they repeat that gimmick every few years. They were Randy Orton. They did yeah, but people. they weren't expecting Steamboat to be so good still. Steamboat was fucking great in that match. I Steamboat remember, was yeah. the best man on that WrestleMania. They ended up booking in WrestleMania for it, didn't they? Yeah. Well, that, well, that, they, they did that, and then after Mania, they did uh, Jericho Steamboat. Oh, okay, cool. Yeah. yeah. Awesome. But that, again, recycled ideas, except, you know, the cast of the legends weren't there, so you bring out Sonny Siaki, Hector <laughs> Garza. Michael Shane, do you know who chained him? Ah, <sighs> uh, Shawn Michaels. Yeah. yeah. He's Shawn Michaels' nephew or something, isn't he? Yeah. And, you know, he's gone on to big things. Speaking of which, he comes out holding hands with Tracy. Yeah. Do you know that Tracy married Kaz, actually? Yeah. <laughs> it's kind of weird. But I, th- I think Michael Shane and Brooks were originally dating. Oh, okay. That makes it extra awkward. But I see them walking out and like Frankie's back there <laughs> lately going, oh, it's my wife. <laughs> I know they don't get married till 2010. Or shortly but... followed by, I want that. <laughs> I think it pretty much was. But I'm, going to, I'm going to envision it. I'm going <laughs> to write it on a piece of paper. I'm going to screw it up. I throw it over my shoulder. I'm going to bang her. And that's what happened. <laughs> so I've got a note here that says, is Sonny Siaki Prince I care? Because <laughs> <laughs> I can't tell the difference. Oh, racism. <laughs> he looks well like him, to be fair, but it's all good. And why and has he he's got a hip-hop gimmick? And he's a big boy as well, isn't he? Yeah. Could have done something good. You can see the potential. It's a shame he's dog shit in the ring, though. Same as him and Apollo. They could have been two really... They looked great for, for yeah, TNA. Yeah, like, what, Uha Nation, Apollo? No, no, Apollo, who was of of a Mexican variety in TNA. Big boy. Cool. We saw him on the first ever TNA show we reviewed. I'm sure we did. So, so He's, I love these guys. I memorable. Tra- I tried working out this feud and something about Snooker and a coconut, but he's not here to fulfill that feud. Yes. Do you remember what the feud was meant to be? Yes, it was supposed to end up being Kid Cash versus Jimmy Snooker. Oh, just the one-on-one match? Yeah. Oh, then they just and did then, six man because they were the, like, fuck it. Yeah, yeah, the legends were like, oh, I can't do it or I can't work. And then they were like, ah, oh, fuck. Right, okay, fair enough. Because they, so, they, they had the good guys come out to make the save of the legends. Yeah, there's, there's this weird bit where immediately I start to realise that I can't really hear what commentary is saying. This might have just been an edit on my streaming thing. I wonder whether you found this, because I found it very hard to hear Tanae and Don West over the fake crowd noise. No, I luckily, for the, this original version of Broadcast, I, ha- I regrettably had the commentary. Because I was kind of grateful. <laughs> it meant I couldn't hear everything they were saying. Oh, outstanding. So there's definitely bits I missed in the commentary. So if there is anything that suddenly pops into your head, feel free to I throw will. it out there. But it's all good. So um, well, Are you trying to suggest there was something memorable from Tanae and Don West? Well, Tanae has this quote. It says, Hector Garza has an electric personality. Oh. <laughs> uh. Uh, I think our difference, our opinions on wrestlers different, <laughs> differ. You know, like me and today just don't agree on professional wrestling at all. Well, that's because you know Hector Garza once I know did that bottle kick top challenge, and today's like, oh, he's an electric personality. <laughs> so uh, it's basically the match is super botch fest, the crappy lucha spots. Um, Hector Garza tries to do a run off the top rope <laughs> and lands directly on his fucking head. Oh, it was so awful. That electric personality shining through, you know. <laughs> Like it's incredible. You can't hit Rana, but boy, he's a lovely chap. <laughs> Sonny Siaki gets the hot tag at one point, and Don West goes, Oh, it's the big guy. <laughs> like, How is he the big guy? Don West emphasizing racism. Oh, it's just fucking weird. So uh, Sanjay does a pop up Rana off the ropes. Don West goes, uh, We've got to see a replay of that, if it's possible, <laughs> implying TNA possibly aren't capable of doing replays. <laughs> I'm like this is fucking great ridiculous <laughs> oh so many good bits with the commentary uh so the heel team basically go after sanjay's arm all match they do lots of like you know the whole 
let's ta- not tag in and then go behind the referee's yep. back, which I like. You know, I like that classic silly tag. heel stuff. Like it's fun. Yeah, you know? it's good moments. Um, and then there's a moment where I'm like, "Who's that woman at ringside? Did you see her? There's a blonde woman, right, in a little black dress, like gorgeous-looking woman, who's just standing there, like this side of the rails. I'm like." the fuck she doing <laughs> okay so i kept an eye on her all night to see what she does and basically she just stands there like literally opposite the hard cam all fucking event is she supposed to be like back up for borash like fake ariane celeste she does nothing literally she does this occasionally <laughs> to the crowd but there's like a, a like a little teenager guy that's over her shoulder that's literally up on the rails like screaming at the ring and you can see her going every time he does it's it's fucking this made this event for me watching this mysterious woman at ringside i did not pick up on this at all what does she do why is she employed why is she here is she employed like it was just fucking great and later velvet sky had a great career (laughs) it could have been i thought she looks a lot like ryan shamrock Oh God! I wondered whether it was her. Oh my God! I think Ryan Shamrock does get involved in TNA. Because there point, is some she? TNA yeah. stuff. Yeah, that's why I was like, oh, mm, maybe. So um, anyway, the finish finish of this match, Sanjay gets back body dropped to the outside. And looks terrifying because he goes about twenty foot in the air. One of these big lads on the other team does it. Probably Sunny Steel. I can't yeah. remember. But uh, Tracy does the whoopee cushion off the top rope to crotch Kaz in the face. Kaz seeing his future life, right? <laughs> <You know? laughs> Hector Garza hits the tornado or the one eighty moonsault, landing all his body weight directly onto Frankie Kazarian. <laughs> He looks like he's in a fuck ton of pain for the one, two, three. <laughs> like, you fucking botch monkey piece of shit. Good old Kazarian selling. <laughs> fucking hell, man. This looked like it killed. Awful, awful, awful landing. So Gaza, Sonny Siaki, and Sanjay win. And, and what is just a... It, it has some storytelling. It has some fun high spots and dangerous looking shit. Yeah, it's got dangerous looking shit. <laughs> but it's Basi- so bad basically my um my my notes in this fucking clusterfuck is um <laughs> <On> the pay-per-view <laughs> yeah um sanjay dutt's the only highlight he's quality in he that's it he's a lot smaller here than he is later in life he puts on a lot of bulk yeah you know but you can see why maybe no one signed him away from tna at any point here like i know he made a really good career going across the world and yeah. doing the indies and stuff and seems to have made a lot of money wait are you saying rinker king's not a great success <laughs> disney isn't he um an he's agent a- for WWE now? he is yeah Oh, good man good man good to make some money you know like because uh, i've seen wrestling so many times always thought it was grotesquely underrated yeah I, he was doing commentary for impact a little bit before don Kennis uh, okay. came in he replaced the pope oh fair enough okay I quite like the Pope on commentary. I know a lot of people don't, but yeah, it went well. I yeah. like um, I liked him in in the ring when he was Elijah Burke as well. Yeah, he was a stiff little cunt, and there's that classic footage of him him hitting punk punk going fucking out <laughs> <laughs> into the ring. <laughs> it was a good time. So we cut backstage, and no, Scott fucking Hudson's here. What the fuck is he doing here, Mister Personality himself? Oh, he puts over the main event a little bit, but then. Oh yeah, the macho man. Cute, really awkward facial expression from Scott Hudson. Yeah, like oh. Scott Hudson's terrible, but Macho is just the best. Yeah, even at this advanced point in his career, he's kind of promo is like a beast. Like he's got the big black beard now, and I thought to myself, mm. "Hang on, still wearing NWO gear, Randy? Wear yeah. proper gear for sure." At this point in his career, he must be just grateful for the job almost. At yeah, this I point, think so. You know? And just doesn't want to look out of place like an old veteran, you know, who wants to blend in a little bit. All that dyed hair. It's 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 kind of 
upsetting and a bit like oh, it's sad that this was his last run before he died yeah and like the way to go out in the car crash and everything it's like yeah. ah, that sucks man anyway so uh, we cut back to Tanae and West who are just talk talk for fucking ever man they don't shut up <laughs> I don't know what they're going on about something about a tape and dusty roads like the whole cookie, cookie game thing but they never they never explain anything they just assume you know what they're talking about Wait, you didn't get that from the opening footage? <laughs> no, not oh. at all. Not even the fucking 10 Vince and Shane se- or Triple H segments they falsify away. Yeah, I mean, if you're thinking that they tried to sell a pay-per-view on showing this video and they're trying to keep people interested in it, yeah. I mean, you pay for the money for pay-per-view, you're not going to turn off. Yeah. <laughs> no. <laughs> <laughs> so, we then cut back to fucking Scott Hudson again. No. That, 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 you know, they paid him for the whole night. They want to use him. <laughs> These are the only two things he does all night. Yeah, because then they realise he's shit and fired him. <laughs> so he's here with Scott Demore and Petey Williams. They cut a kind of generic promo. Petey says he's not a one-move wonder. They're like, yeah, sure, mate. Definitely not a one-hit wonder. See now every independent wrestling show. Yeah. Oh, what? Because they all do flip pile drivers. Yeah. Okay, destroyers, whatever. So uh, I, I quite like what Scott Demore's doing, though. He's talking about how Sabin and Petey are both his trainees. Yeah. And that he picked his favorite student, which is Petey, and Sabin isn't as good. And that's a good story. Yeah, to really tell. good story. I feel like that came directly from Scott Demore. I think Scott Demore is underrated in professional wrestling. I think yeah. he's quite a clever, quite a creative chap. And again, you can tell a lot more of TNA manager turn their sorry impact turning their things around is having Demore involved in a lot more of the creative and booking. Yeah. Heyman esque. No. Okay. I'd say that Scott Demore, unfortunately for you know, Heyman would always try and get everyone over. Mm. Scott Demore seems to pick his favourites and then runs with it. Okay, I'm okay with that. Yeah, yeah. well, because if you want to work with people, you trust. So obviously you're going to put people over. As Heyman's greater goal was, I need to make all these big stars because I'm going to get people poached. Right, okay, yeah. I can see that. Yeah, Raw was a bit better this week. Smackdown was shit. <laughs> well, Heyman Bischoff, Heyman Bischoff. Well, Bischoff's <laughs> not there yet. Oh, okay. Bischoff enough. starts after Extreme Rules. He went for the right approach of, I'm not going to be credible for all the shit you've already got planned to go into the pay-per-view. Okay. And then he'll see him bullshit his way out of it after Extreme Rules. Okay. I, I want to go on about this, but fuck it, let's yep. carry on. TNA. So another pre-match promo for the next match. And immediately, I've, all I've written is, what the fuck is this? <laughs> <laughs> Number one. <laughs> fuck this company. Fuck this company. Yeah. yeah, for sure. It focuses on Abyss and thumbtacks a lot. Uh, it's, it's Abyss versus Monty Brown is basically what they're building to. But Monty Brown's like barely in the promo to start with. Uh, the story I got from this, right? Right. Was Monty Brown has lost to Jeff Jarrett. Yes. The Kings of Wrestling then celebrated with Jeff Jarrett. So Monty Brown is going to have a match with Abyss. <laughs> oh, Abyss got involved. What? Fuck this company. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, basically. Um... But it's not in the promo. So if you don't know, you haven't watched everything. You have no idea what the fuck is going on. Look, you don't need story for the Serengeti survival match. <laughs> what a name I mean we always complain there are no new gimmicks in wrestling and the Serengeti survival match so Abyss versus Monty Brown in a in a match in a <laughs> Serengeti survival match boom book it Russo it's got alliteration it'll be great <laughs> fucking alright bro what we're gonna do bro is you know fucking the Serengeti survival ah <sighs> Bum, 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 bum. Abyss music is fucking great. James Mitchell yeah. uh, made that Abyss character work so much oh, in the early days. Oh, fuck yeah, man. Again, a massively underrated in my opinion. 
always everyone always goes on about when he said that WWE tried to sign him and they had all these big plans for him against the Undertaker. Right. And I think it w- that was the time again where WWE was signing people like Heidenreich and Snitsky to be another big what, vanilla giant against the Undertaker. Yeah, and I think Abyss would have been the same. I don't think he would have had a very productive career in WWE. No, no. Especially when they had Show, Taker, Kane, all employed still that are much bigger than him and everything. Yeah. But again, this music, it just immediately sets the scene for his character. It's so perfect. You know him, who it is, and it's synonymous with TNA. (laughs) And then... Come on, can I get down with the sickness? It's not that. But it's the best rip-off of Down with the Sickness by Disturbed Ever. And, like, how does this suit Monty Brown's character? Because he's he's, the alpha male, the Serengeti. Down with the sickness. (laughs) Generic rock music. Yeah. Oh, it's fucking terrible. Don't fear the... It's the most WCW thing ever. Go on. The... Pounce! I like the pounds. I don't like how he says it. No, for sure. So, speaking of things. So, Don West does mention, I will point out, right, that if you listen very carefully on commentary, that you can uh, be defeated in this match by being thrown onto the tax, okay? Only time they ever mention it. Well, obviously, do you, you're not a wrestling fan? You don't know the rules of Serengeti Survival Match? Pinfall, submission, count out disqualification, landing thumbtacks. Because this is kind of vital to the match. Because <laughs> they both come out and have, like, bags of tags and stuff i'm like why do they keep grabbing these bag of tags discount at staples it's, it's so weird so i really need to blow my nose yeah so marcus Corvon, i again with his little leopard print stuff as well yeah excellent attire abyss looking like an absolute champ yeah they look okay but monty brown comes out and cuts this promo <laughs> Hey, obese. <laughs> Do you get it? Do you get the joke? He called him obese. Uh, <laughs> who didn't think that Marcus Corvon wouldn't work in WWE? <sighs> I'm going to say this real slow so you can keep up. And I can't read the cue cards. <laughs> <laughs> I don't know how they do it in parts unknown, but wherever the, bum. <laughs> but wherever, wherever the alpha male is, so is the Serengeti. And he kind of gestures towards the fans. And you're like, okay, so where the alpha male is, so is the Serengeti. The Serengetis are either him or the fans or maybe some sort of spirit he's invoking. <laughs> I kind of assumed at oh, this Oh, little point. Jimmy. <laughs> oh, Okay. <laughs> So, the promo continues. Okay, I got an idea for you. It sounds like my daughter. I got an idea. He goes, hungry, hungry hippo. <laughs> like, why? why is he saying, is he calling Abyss a hungry, hungry hippo? This, if there was ever an advert for why WWE have writers. <laughs> so he continues. Why don't you come out here and taste some of the Serengeti right now? So is he inviting him to suck a dick? He's inviting him right into the Serengeti. <laughs> he's going to taste the Serengeti. Taste the so rainbow. He's either tasting Monty Brown, the crowd, or the atmosphere. <laughs> like, what the fuck? Well written. The way it's delivered as well. It's, it's beautiful. It's just like shouty, like, like cracked out of his brain. I, <sighs> I did think to myself, oh, this is why WWE basically signing. So I thought, we've got Ahmed Johnson version <laughs> 2.0 here. <laughs> It's so bad. Like this gets over with me because it's so bad. Shit like, promo makes me laugh. I love it. 
So um, the match is just kind of boring, generic, hardcore, walk and brawl through the crowd, walk around ringside, do some high spots, but nothing really. It's a lot of like selling on the floor, throwing punches, you know? Hardcore division, WWE style, like attitude era. Yeah, for sure. Without as many weapons. Western Tanay do a a lot of contradicting themselves in this match, okay? <laughs> they were awful. So the first one, they go like, oh, Abyss is a little kid. And then literally seconds later, Don West goes, Abyss, some people think he's dumb, but he's very, very smart, very manipulative. And like, you just called him a little kid. As in, he's got the brain of a child. And then you're like, oh, he's very smart, very manipulative. Like, I don't know, my daughter's pretty good at getting her breadsticks out of me. <laughs> <laughs> So they literally just contradict themselves the whole fucking time, the fucking idiots. Uh, Abyss does a whoopee cushion, two in one night, <laughs> we're doing good. Everyone talks out back, <laughs> books their moves, puts it all in. For sure, like one match later, we're doing the same spot. <laughs> so uh, um, Tanae says, Abyss is six foot eight, 350 pounds. I'm like, if he's 350 pounds, so am I, because fuck this company. Um... Uh, while you do this, I also Go just want to tip uh, cap to uh, Steve Prince, who's pointing out that we're doing the biggest shills, and also yeah. to um, Annie Kett Duter saying we've got funny accents. Oh, thanks, mate. We do. We're very, very English. <laughs> or we've said something really offensive and oh. put an accent on. Maybe. Oh, maybe we do that too occasionally. It's all in good love, mate. Don't worry. Uh, so they do a bunch of false finishes. Match goes on for what feels like a lifetime. Tanae to do Tanae and West just do the whole thing when they're just both both trying to put both sides over as much as possible all the time. So yeah. it's just what I described earlier. It's just fucking shit. Um right, and I guess the kind of climax, if you can call it that. Well, you are going to taste the Serengeti, so it's good to get to the climax to do it. <laughs> you think he gave him a tease beforehand? It kind of warmed him up. Serengeti tea bag. Got a fluffery to go. That's what that's what Ryan Shamrock was there for. <laughs> The purpose of the mysterious woman is unveiled. She gets in the ring and is like, I just want to taste the Serengeti so it's ready for you a bit. Don't worry. (laughs) (laughs) Oh, for our audio listeners, you missed a great thing. Check out the YouTube video purely just for that reaction. Amazing. So, oh, what was basically that reaction is what was happening backstage <laughs> in every part of the Attitude Era when Sonny and fucking Jackie were kicking around. Hey, Brett. Oh, fucking hell. Right, we're an hour in. Let me get through this. Right. So, both lads get a bunch of tacks. Don Wait, West. Of course they did. I'm right here. <laughs> yeah. Get involved in this too. I love the Serengeti. It's turning into an orgy faster than I can fucking realize. So, Don West on commentary goes, There's 10,000 tacks. 10,000 tacks in two bags the size of my fucking fist. Counted them. Oh, fucking. I think this is how he does his pre-match like preparation for the show. One, two, It's actually how pa- Heyman used to pay people at the end of ECW. <laughs> Bag of tacks and a hot dog. Off you go. <laughs> yeah. So both lads just stand next to each other in the ring, lifting their bags of tacks up in front of each other, completely ignoring the other wrestler. <sighs> they spend ages building up to the last spot with attacks doing like uh, what 10 15 reversals to the point we just like can someone take the fucking bump already please on the plus point no one kicked out of anyone's finishes oh fuck off (laughs) (laughs) abyss goes for a power bomb monty reverses it he turns around takes about three steps back away from the tax that's an alabama slam abyss maybe like an inch of the top of his head goes in the tax but he basically just completely misses the spot. Safety. Working safe, brother. Ding, ding, ding. That's the end of the match. You're like, wait, what? 
Why? What? The, what? 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 What are the rules? Well, he was down with the sickness. <laughs> so yeah, this is the the finish, and it's terrible. Fuck this company. <laughs> Fuck this company. Yeah, the, the problem, as we've already established so far, already on this card, is that none of the storylines and none of the rules are put over. And had you not picked out, as you said earlier, Don West saying, oh, and also you can lose <laughs> if you get slammed in the Serengeti tanks. Yeah. The whole way through this match, Don West and Mike Tanay do not shut the fuck up. They're going on and on and on about these two dudes in the ring. I keep hitting the table. I'm very aware. I'll stop doing that. Okay. <laughs> not once during the match do they go... If he hits in into those tags, he's going to win the match. Why bother? I mean, fuck this company. <laughs> so we get another Vince Triple H segment. Something about the tape, Dusty. What's this best of someone 3000 tape? They made a joke that was apparently very funny. Best of someone, let me check my notes. Is it Dada 3000? Wasn't he a TNA thing? Wrestler or something? I don't know. <sighs> fuck this company so uh the best moment ever now arrives <laughs> so today and west feel very badly while they clean up the tax in the ringside uh, great ringside. great cleanup crew man with broom upside down sweeping the ropes did you see that i did it was <laughs> quality stuff no today and west fill and they don't know what to do and then someone in their earpiece obviously goes right we've got a replay of the the, the, the uh, abyss monty brown match so we're going to cut to the replays now and they go right we're now gonna i'm being told we're gonna cut to a replay of the monty brown match and they cut to the finish where they botched it and they completely missed the fucking tags yeah want to re re reevaluate you know they're uh Maybe they found the replay button. Don West then tries to convince the audience that you just can't see the tax going into Abyss because he has hair. Hey, <laughs> <laughs> like, fuck Monty Brown didn't take this spot. Oh, fucking hell, man. I, uh, this is the point where I was like, no, I'm done. No more. Thank you. I'd rather go fucking slip my wrist. <laughs> but you, you, if you ducked out here, oh. you missed the next best thing this on the is, old this, tag match. You know, I put that tweet up going, I'm about 55 minutes in, and I've written fuck this company three times. That's, that's where I think I tweeted it. So next up, we have a tag team match with a special guest referee of Jacqueline of... The New York connection of Glenn Gilberti, Disco Inferno, and Johnny Swinger, Johnny Swinger, versus the team of Pat Kenny, who's Simon Diamond, and yeah, boy, Johnny B. Bad, woo, 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 woo. aka fucking Mark Merrow. Why? That's all I care about. Why? Why did they book Mark fucking Mero? Because Jackie was there. I mean, that's the one thing I was just like, oh yeah, the little Sable Jacqueline thing. Yeah. They have no interaction. No, like at all. John- <laughs> it was great to see Johnny Be Bad as Johnny Be Bad rather than Mark Mero. Uh, yeah. So, um, Johnny Be Bad. The Bad Blaster. It's ejaculatory cannon <laughs> he pulls towards the taste of Serengeti mate the way Don West is like oh which corner is he going to go to to give them the bad blast <laughs> like how is this a gimmick that's over I love it oh it's fucking terrible the frisbee <laughs> why has he got a frisbee why not <laughs> this is something you should be doing I was going to say note to self make sure I buy a frisbee <laughs> it'll be the new beach ball people throw frisbees around during matches the robe Beautiful. The lack of little Richard hair and makeup while still doing the little Richard gimmick. Like, oh, for fuck's sake, go full force or don't do it at all. Like, Do you think Mark Merrow would have been more successful in WWE had he been Johnny B. Bad rather than Mark Merrow? 
Who gives a fuck? <laughs> Seriously. <laughs> His whole time in WWF was just about Sable. And like, you know, I was as 15 year old jerking off to her. <laughs> just remember, never take your wife to work. She'll get signed and make more money than you. <laughs> Marry Brock Lesnar. <laughs> yeah. And you, so someone you can't beat up. Oh, for fuck's sake. I've, I've literally written, help me. I can't take this anymore <laughs> in my notes. <laughs> oh, why do we do it to ourselves? Because we <sighs> love trash wrestling. So, Jacqueline is the ref. Simon Diamond pokes a dude in the eye. I can't remember who. While Jacqueline is standing right there doing nothing. Can he do that, Joey? Remember, it's 2004. Women in wrestling are stupid, remember? Oh, of course, yeah. So, Don West clarifies this by going almost immediately after she's, he's just poked someone in the eye jacqueline's standing there not doing anything jacqueline's keeping them in order she's doing great fucking idiots <laughs> so johnny b bad gets the cold as ice tag <laughs> to fuck all reception no 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 i wrote i wrote this down in my notes here are my notes <laughs> the hot tag to bad <laughs> in big bold letters <laughs> <laughs> it's literally it's it's uh finish to a whimper at this point it's it might as well when I... <laughs> hulk hogan was there going do, 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 why do, are you do, cupping do. the serengeti <laughs> i'm so lost at this point everyone gets a spot jacqueline slaps disco disco pie faces jacqueline piece of shit tko the best finishing maneuver ever aside from the shinoka driver for the one two three join me bad and simon diamond win who gives a fuck Simon Diamond, after this match, went on to have his own faction called the Diamonds in the Rough. I'm sure he did. Yep. <laughs> Was Johnny B. Bad in it? Nope. <laughs> <laughs> did he ever wrestle for TNA again after I this? I don't recall. I don't no. think so. Like, granted, he was a massive drug addict at this point. Nothing wrong with that. Because <laughs> he broke his neck and he's on painkillers. I was talked about it. He's now a man of positivity and all that sort of stuff. So you've got to give him his dues. It's yeah. great. But fucking hell, this match. Why was... Why, who books this shit? Well, they need a filler match before they had another segment about the, the video with WWE. Think about the level of talent in 2004. Samoa Joe, Nigel Oh, they, they haven't signed either of them yet. But they're all available. Oh, uh, no, because they were still on their ROH deals. Okay. So, Dragon, Jody Joe. Flash, Johnny Storm. You could have grabbed them. could have grabbed... No, you couldn't, because they shouldn't be in any wrestling promotion. You could have grabbed Ken Shamrock. You could have grabbed... Well, they grabbed Ryan. My granny. <laughs> you could have had my poop. <laughs> you could have had anything with these four dudes. Now, now, now. I will not have you say that Pat Kenny was not, <laughs> not as good as your poop. <laughs> he does heel spots as he's the face. Was, uh, who, Pat Kenny or your poop? <laughs> Simon Diamond, yeah. I, I hate it when my poop does heel spots on me. <laughs> oh, no! Constantly coming up behind me and sneaking up on me. <laughs> Exploding out whenever you're not expecting it. <laughs> So we cut backstage to <laughs> the kings of wrestling, Kings Reign Supreme, uh, standing next to a car. The car drives away and commentary goes, it's Randy Savage. It's Randy Savage. Please believe us. We promised you. Randy Savage was in that car. Like Randy Savage was in catering. <laughs> <laughs> the, the idea is that they bundled Randy Savage into a car and he's off now. But they don't show that bit. They just stand them standing there and a car drives off and commentary trying to convince you about the story. Like, And also, more importantly, who was driving the car? Was it Rikishi? Did he do it for the rock? <laughs> Did it for the rock. <laughs> so there's another video package here. Ravens are my only cunts. DDP hey! hits the... <laughs> That's his character. That's what he's always done. DDP hits the diamond car a few times on Raven. They don't like each other. Eric Watts is there. Yeah, exactly. So Eric Watts is on commentary with Tanae and West and he's fucking dreadful. Yes, he is. Very much so. Raven versus DDP. Raven has a black clan hood. Love it. 
why is he coming out as a Klux Clan member? Why not? Something different. <laughs> he's not even wrestling a black wrestler, you know? He's wrestling DDP, so it's like not even like, you know. Exactly. He's he's not a racist KKK member. He'll fight anyone. <laughs> yeah, there's a Jim Neidhart reference here, like with Virgil and stuff, you know? Yep. You seen that? Yeah. Wow, that was bad, wasn't it? Awkward. Yeah. At its, moment, <laughs> its best. Fucking hell, man. So DDP has a rip-off Nirvana music again, and I'm like, oh, thank God. Still better than the WCW shit that was over on the network. For sure. Self high five. Ding, 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 ding. Hang on, get away with that. You went down the fretboard, rather than up. What are you doing? DDP jumps Raven. Isn't he the good guy? Well, Raven's a Nazi. That's fine. Good. I'm okay with that. DDP just booted the ref in the face. Can you do that, Joe? Thank you very much. Walk and brawl hardcore style. DDP grabs a crutch from a fan and looks like he really needs that crutch because he kind of falls over. And you're like, can we give it back to the guy with the broken leg standing at ringside, yeah, please? Couldn't, like, he couldn't even turn around and watch the action around right? the back underneath. <laughs> uh, it's at this point where the fake crowd noise was just... Yeah, I, I luckily again I said like I didn't have fake crowd noise. Really? I, yeah. None at all. No. Because I swear it was broadcast with some fake crowd noise. Wasn't no, because it was broadcast live. Did it sound just silent? To you? Yeah, it was de- definitely silent. Because all I could hear was like just constant like that was Shark Boy having lunch. <laughs> <laughs> but like you know, there's the noise of a ten thousand seat arena with like you know seven hundred people there. Yeah, it doesn't work. They were really, really into Jackie. Uh, it makes it really hard with this crowd noise (laughs) Serengeti hard (laughs) (laughs) that's a new thing (laughs) oh man when I saw Velvet Sky I was Serengeti hard (laughs) let the pigeons loose (laughs) (laughs) fucking hell Um, sorry Bully Ray so it makes it impossible to feel any emotion when all you hear is one constant crowd noise there's no peak or trough it's just like being at a progress show wow there we go. Boom, boom. So uh, Raven's Elven Lord Aaron helmet thing is pretty cool. I liked it. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> Thank you. I had to sneak it in, you know. Uh, very back and forth match. Crowd looked dead. They sound very lively, though. <laughs> <laughs> yes. When I wrote that, I was so proud of myself. But anyway. so, uh, oh, Ra- Raven kicks out the diamond cutter. Boo. Two twats in cheap Halloween outfits arrive. Surprise, surprise, they're here to do Eric they're here so Eric Watts can do something because he's just on commentary, just doing nothing at this point. Uh, like as soon as these dudes came out, you're like, oh, they're the guys Eric is gonna beat up, you know? Yep. Yeah. Which is exactly what happens. Takes out both lads. But surprise, surprise, motherfucker! <laughs> Eric Watts close lines DDP. Oh no. Diamond cutter for Watts. Uh wrestle wrestle, quick reversal, diamond cutter for Raven, one, two, three, DDP wins. Yep. Well on DDP, thought you'd retired. <sighs> But then, no, oh, yeah, a moment happens that you probably didn't clock. Actually, you're probably thinking about the next segment, but I'm not. DDP gets out the ring and hugs the mysterious girl at ringside. Like that's her fucking job. She's here to hug DDP. Well, with the power of positivity, <laughs> I'm like, this must be her job, right? What to stand there and perform fellatio to the wrestlers? She's not performing fellatio. It's just hugging him. Well, yeah, that's what it's got to be. Hang on, as a a teenage boy, that's what that leads to, right? A girl hugs you, it means you get to bang her, right? (laughs) That's called rapé. I think you're fine. (laughs) It's got an accent, so it's legal. (laughs) Sure, it's fine in France. So uh, there's another Triple H Vince segment here. Is this the midget one? Uh, We've had the midget beat up Vince, haven't we? um, No, that's later. Okay. Yeah, that's after. So um, Tracy brings them oh, yeah. cookies and milk. Uh, I think that was a boob joke because she's only got a tray of cookies, which is fine. I'm okay with that. 
So um, the crane shot setting up the next match clearly shows Borash trying to get any sort of response from the crowd he possibly can. So press volume button on your uh, on your recording. Borash is literally running around the ring going, <laughs> and there's like one fan going, "What? <laughs> what are you what are you saying? I can't hear you, Borash. Talk what? to me. I'm, I'm like five like meters away from you, and no one else is making any noise. I can hear you if you just talk to me, but yeah, no, okay. Borash is that people are actually going to go? Years from now, Borash, you're going to be the hardy com- de- compound being <laughs> put over a fucking drone. I love Borash, but he's he realizes there's a problem. Yeah, that crowd's fucking dead, and he's doing everything he can to make it better. And it's it's why I, did they show it on the hard cam? I enjoy young frosted tipped Jeremy oh, Borash. That's beautiful. Totally. Weird. He was also wearing his little uh, like ball ball bearing necklace as well, wasn't he? Oh yeah, yeah. boy. Classic. Still stuck in '95. Yeah. <laughs> he didn't have the uh, the cycle chain going from the back to the back pocket I, I, on the wallet. I, I bought a new wallet the other day, and I almost bought one with oh, the big chain, yes. but I was like, oh, can I get away with that in 2019? Well, you're gonna need it when you return to your skateboarding career. Well, yeah. I'm getting better, man. I've been doing an hour of cardio every other day for the last week. I'm really stopped. good. I'm getting good, man. Like trying to get back in shape. I don't know how that's gonna help you with your kickflip, but. <laughs> Less fat to kickflip, mate. Trust nice. me, it makes a I huge see, yeah, difference. Where going Less there. weight falling on the board means less ankle problems, which is well, good yeah. for me. Because <laughs> yeah. I broke it a few times, so yeah. So uh, once, I've only broken it once. can't wait for we can't do a pod because you've hurt yourself in your 30s on a skateboard. There is potential. <laughs> I mean, for episode 50... I mean, episode 50, you may not... We may not have episode 51. <laughs> <laughs> we'll just uh, keep that stum for now, I think. Because I think that's going to be a nice surprise what we've got oh, planned for episode 50. Can't wait. <laughs> Fatty fall over here. (laughs) (laughs) So, Saban and PE video package up next. Hail Saban! Two guys, at this time, I really loved. Yes. Looking back at it, Saban's okay. (laughs) PE, he's a one move wonder. Yes. They can do wrestling. They're good at chain. He can do a good destroyer. Do you not get frustrated by the this is where the chain wrestling goes spot. Yeah. Because they do move, 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 move. This is where the chain wrestling goes. Then we'll do the finish. It's like a completely separate part of the match. Cardio break. Yeah, it really is. Rest hold. But it's like these two, especially Petey, are very guilty of this. There's never a variation in his match. It's always the same fucking thing. Can he hit the destroyer? Yeah, that's what it is. Chain wrestling in the middle. Yeah, not even very good chain wrestling. Like, effective, like, Daniel Bryan, Brian Danielson. The best thing for Peter Williams yeah. was when he teamed up with Scott Steiner and became mini Scott Steiner. I love that. Bro. The best thing for Chris Sabin was when he teamed with Alex Shelley and became, well, they were Motor City Machine Guns. Fuck yeah. The best bit about Petey and Steiner was all the interviews they gave where afterwards, where Petey's describing all the things he did with Scott, like, going the wrong, down the wrong, wrong way on one-way streets, like, a million miles an hour to get to a gym. And I think the favourite one oh. was when, they, like, Petey was saying, like, and backstage, Scott Steiner was doing a live promo, saying, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to shove it in your ass." <laughs> <laughs> 33 and a third. <laughs> so, uh, blah, 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 blah. So, uh, remember what Petey said about earlier about being not being a one-move wonder. This whole video package, it's literally just about, can he hit the flip hit the flip bar driver and the fact that Saban's has reversed it a few times i look forward to uh, on the 22nd of september in scpw i'm going to hit the uh the thanet destroyer <laughs> the thanet destroyer wow <laughs> nice so x division championship match pe williams our champion with scott demore versus chris Saban. there's bullet points yay <laughs> x champ challenges for x championship y is x in inverted commas x cool uh now we go to school who wrote this shit what does that mean? Now we go to school? Because trainees from Scott Demore. 
training school. Yep. Can Chris Sabin... Oh, wait. I'll read it as they wrote it. Can Sabin's counter destroy the Canadian? <laughs> like, Bit racist. Seriously, who wrote this shit? Why phrase it like that? Good old WCW when they had a wrestler called the Kilo Counter. <laughs> Did they? Yeah. Really? Yeah. Wow, I don't remember that. This was like Saturday night WCW. I used to watch the six fairly regularly because before on, Nitro, yeah, it was yeah, on Channel Five. There it? was a kilo counter, and he was in like just a black singlet. <sighs> so Saban's music is really fucking weird. Probably written by a shit band. Hell Saban, Hell Saban, Hell Saban. The cheap horror movie sound effects. It's, yeah. It never got over with me. Like this TNA bunch of marked wankers in the front row, <laughs> love it. They're like Hell Saban, Hell Saban. But if you think of that time. You had like the top level indies with people like Joe and Dragon. Yeah. Then you had the smaller guys the next level down, which would be your Sabins, Pete Williams. Yeah. And AJ's at that stage. Why does that mean the gimmick's over? Oh, because they're like ah uh, indie wrestling, ah <laughs> uh, indies. Oh, but they're not they're not in Ring of Honor, so I can't share them. Uh, this indie. is the match where I remember how much I fucking detest TNA fans, especially these guys yeah. that were there every week doing like their gay little mosh pit thing, you know. Uh, yeah it's really weird yeah i regret using the word gay there like that but you know what i mean fun yeah it's, they're it's happy like, little mosh pit yeah cool I'm just to clarify uh, i'm not a massive homophobe fucking gay people <laughs> <Sorry>. Shit. <laughs> it's a joke it's a joke get over it so it's a hot start of the and, crowd yeah, and, and, and that's what people said in in past when other people have been <laughs> oppressed get over it get off your fucking bus seat rosa parks pretty tired <laughs> quote of the fucking century get off your bus seat Rosa Parks <laughs> Jesus uh, anyways so accidental kick to the balls when Sabin rolls through and Petey's jumps and just kicks him in the balls with his rolling feet like no- oh ow that was not deliberate no one loves a nut clip <laughs> <laughs> I'm surprised it doesn't happen more often with the amount of moves people do and it's all kind of improvised you know what I mean like on the fly Gen- gentlemanly behaviour no more nut clips <laughs> yeah for sure so um, there's some fun high-ish spots on the outside some really creative wrestling here but uh, when Petey does the all Canada standing on Sabin's crotch on the top rope (laughs) I I love that spot man always used to get a pop from me Uh, again loads of fade to blacks in this match where they're cutting to adverts and stuff and as they fade up from one Tanae goes did you hear those chants and I'm like no I didn't because you cut to black. I didn't hear fucking anything. And they were edited out. Maybe it was too much real crowd noise. Like, no, there's no way to drown that out. We'll just cut the whole fucking segment. Uh, yeah, these fucking marks at ringside uh, sound a lot like, you know, they're, they're from a promotion that could be based in North London. <laughs> i tell you what, uh, on the subject of wrestling fans, you know, I, I, I the know only, it's... only promotion to ever run in London. Do you know that, Tags? <laughs> only one ever. <laughs> But Sorry. The, the the thing that the thing that gets me in general about wrestling fans is yeah. that I don't want to sit there and sort of dissect it like I'm watching some kind of fucking philosophical philosophical presentation. Go, oh, I see what they're doing here. Oh, I'm very intrigued. Yeah, I want people to boo the bad guys, cheer the good guys, do the chants for the good guys, but don't fucking spend three hours just being like, ah, I'm a Chris Sabian fan. Chris Sabian's the best. Ah, 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 ah. Fucking a. I want- we we the fucking independent. Hmm. <sighs> I've got my contract, so fuck you. <laughs> <laughs> the big thing for me with these fans in particular is that they're very, very aware they're on camera. Yeah. You know? It's it's they're doing things to make themselves watch it back and go, oh, look, there's me. I did that. Look, mum. Look, mum. Get a fucking job, Stephen. Yeah. <laughs> the, the one thing I would say, like, I know we bitch about this a lot, but the one thing that I always kind of come back to is if you're going to a wrestling show as a fan, think about whether the wrestlers want 
there to be a little lull in noise here because think about how good Brian Danielson is at doing it. The way like they'll get that hot start. Yeah. He'll drop it down and lull the crowd into a false sense of security and then drag them with him every step of the way. And like he's the master and a lot, a lot of people can't do that. So when you're shitting all over their match by getting your fucking chance in, you know, you yeah. ruin any sort of like narrative and story and such. Like where's, we where's, don't need constant noise. No. Where's the shine? Where's the hot return? Where's the baby face getting his fight back yeah, exactly. if you can't build the crowd up and like take it on a nice like, up and down little roller coaster if it's always up with noise yeah are we paying we can do what we want and again don't get me wrong I appreciate that you can pay to do what you want but if you're going to be part of the fucking show that you want to be do it fucking properly yeah go train bitch you know <laughs> like get in there yeah crowd training can you imagine if a wrestling <laughs> promoter did like you could be like put in progress jail oh like, perfect you're a fucking shit fan if you want to come back to, to fucking ballroom you've got to come do two hours of crowd training learn how a fucking wrestling structure oh, is perfect we've, we've, i think we could make some money here this is good this is the nice idea if you'd like to have some crowd training with me and rich 150 pounds because you know pcw only charge 100 quid for their fucking shit turnout yeah. non-wrestler recruitment day fuck you Stephen flutter <laughs> <laughs> so uh big leg slap and beautiful liger bomb by saban uh camera cuts away from a cool spot so we don't really see what happens but saban skinned the cat on the ring post i think hell saban yeah. could be pretty cool to yeah. see but like you know he's on the other side of the ring post and, tail- and skins the cat back up yeah surprised i didn't cut this for you they didn't see it <laughs> <you know? laughs> uh first this is awesome chant of the night first of many many Ugh. fuck dna um Bret Hart is rolling in his grave at the state of Petey Sharpshooter. Hang on, have we predated this just in case something bad happens? <laughs> Petey trying for Bret's Rope Destroyer. Nope. Could have been really fucking cool, but no, they don't do it. Uh, Scott Damore with a distraction. Petey grabs his... Uh, wait, what? What? Um, what, what, what? Oh, Petey grabs a... a um, wow. Petey grabs a roll of masking tape. I mean, knuckle dusters out of his trunks. <laughs> it looked like someone had fucking gone to Costa and was like, oh, my cup's a bit too hot. I'll just get one of these little cardboard foldy things. Like, why not get some metal ones that look shiny so they look good on camera, you know? Or Yeah, I mean, you went back to WWE Catering. There was tinfoil there. <laughs> that would have done, you know? Wrap it around. Shit. So he's got masking tape on his hand. <laughs> he punches Sabin once. For the one, two, three. <laughs> You're like... Fuck this company. And that's the move that they... I mean, again, he's not a one-move man. He can fucking hit you with some tinfoil. Oh, <laughs> not even that, he can hit you with some card. I mean, they tell the story quite well in the match if we're being really complimentary towards and really like, you know... What am I trying to say? Best storytelling of the night so far, but that's not a great... <laughs> that's not a great fucking title. Yeah. Um, yeah, fun. Creative match, but terrible at the same time god awful um i i uh, team up canada celebrating afterwards is quite good i like the the team canada faction worked quite well for a like lower mid card faction for people to either run through or have tag feuds with they're brilliantly obnoxious yeah and then when a1 joined them as well sorry a1 if anyone doesn't remember was like the giant big blonde head basically he was the mason ryan yeah he's giant compared to the rest of the people yeah and he's shit in the ring Oh, terrible. But I love the way Scott Demore is kind of rolling about on his back on the entrance, going like, ah, we won! <laughs> We're so great! You know, like, we've got really funny. all the gold! Don't worry about Jeff! We've got all the gold! <laughs> Don't worry about Jeff! Yeah, exactly. But really entertaining, the end, you know? Yeah, the, the celebration was the best part of this match. <laughs> a short gentleman knocks on Vince's door. He's a senior TNA official, apparently. 
And uh, the short fella knocks Vince about. Fuck this company. <laughs> Big person racist. <laughs> That's what that little person was. It's just... Sorry. You know what they're going for? Are they trying to make a metaphor towards the X Division? <laughs> Could be. I don't know. I thought they were trying to do the whole, you know, when Brett left and Sean brings out the little guy with midget the Brett. Brett. Yeah, yeah, exactly. They're going for that. Like, ah, oh, Vince McMahon could be beat up by a midget. Yeah. I, I, I thought it was a metaphor of the X Division saying, oh, you're saying you won't sign these small guys, but they can kick your ass. Ah. But then I, I might be giving them too much credit. I think the average wrestling fan, TNA fan. <laughs> mum, 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 I've got a date. Oh, she's cancelled. <laughs> It was Nan. <laughs> so, <laughs> next match of Hall, Nash, and Jarrett. J-A-F-F-J-A-E-T. In their wonderful attire. <laughs> versus AJ Styles, Jeff Hardy, and... Oh, no, hang on, no. Randy Savage has been kidnapped in back of limo that we definitely saw him thrown in and driven away. Not the macho man, I feel. So, um, uh, that, he was unavailable, so Sims and Michaels, they teamed with God. <laughs> but Elvis was also dead, so that's fine. Ex- can you explain the Elvis Kings of Wrestling Nash Hall Jarrett gimmick thing? Is there any explanation? Memphis. That's it. W- what more do you need? I guess Jarrett was in Memphis at one point. Yeah, what more do you need? Hall was as well, thinking about it. Don't think Nash was. They're the Kings of Wrestling, and the real king is Elvis Presley. Wow. Because they're too busy taking it's, care of business. They've got generic Elvis music yep. that they walk out to. That's because they couldn't have... <laughs> Jeff Jarrett's entrance music. Oh, yeah, yeah, for sure. So, and Jeff Jarrett gets spooty pyro. Yep. And spooty guitar pyro. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, I forgot about this. Beautifully done. The best moment. So, um, AJ does the whole... Um, Goldberg walking through the pyro for his entrance. And that's right the time that the AJ Styles talked about death and one, one, no one would sign him. But super cool. Like, we'd love to yeah. see him do the Goldberg thing again. Yeah. You know, Again, AJ's like their one shining beacon of hope in this company. Beautiful you know? little hood. Great entrance music as well. Best yeah. entrance music in TNA Shame history. They, they cut it off on this show before oh, it gets to the good bit. Hell yeah. <laughs> Get ready to the fly. Ring. It's like... <gasps> I am, I am. Like, it doesn't get to the I ams. He just no. literally just goes, <gasps> his next entrance. <laughs> you are, you are. Right, Jeff Hardy's here. <laughs> it's fucking abysmal. LSD is a hell of a drug, isn't it? <laughs> oh, well, that's good link to Jeff Hardy's out. <laughs> oh, and fucking Jeff Hardy with his shitty entrance music. So Jeff Hardy looks like he's just come out of the club after 48 hours pilled out of his brain. Standard. Yeah, pretty much. Like covered in like paint and water and wearing white kind of like... He'd been tasting the Serengeti. (laughs) (laughs) Um, And then I realised, looking at Scott Hall in the ring, he is Elvis outfit, right? So the big kind of like suit thing that Elvis used to wear. It's got the same design that his NWO WCW trunks had with the dripping blood and stuff. I'm like, oh, that's actually pretty cool that they did that, you know? Like... Yeah, I thought it was a nice touch. Um, I mean, this was a great battle of who was off their tits most in this match. Yeah, for sure. Um, How both of these gentlemen are still alive is a phenomenal thing for wrestling and a great testament to recovery. The fact that they're both turned up to this show alone is impressive, Mm. you know. AJ is just getting through the match. You can tell he doesn't want to be there. AJ's really happy to be working with Jeff Jarrett. Oh, wait. (laughs) (laughs) Jeff Jarrett doesn't seem to know where he is. Oh, wait, sorry. Uh, Jeff Hardy doesn't seem to know where he is a lot of the time. No, and that doesn't change his entire TNA run. Heisting. For sure, absolutely. Hall. 
He's not in a good way here. No. The worst thing to say about this match is when you think that AJ Styles and Jeff Jarrett are the leading guiding lights of this match. Because Jeff Jarrett is at that point where he's like, oh, I'm not doing spots anymore. Yeah. <laughs> and so is Kevin Nash. <laughs> okay. To be fair, Kevin's been, Kevin Nash has been that since uh, Wolfpack. Let's count how many moves Kevin Nash executes in this match. Okay. Okay. <laughs> Have you got your tally chart up? brilliant <laughs> mate you know he's only got like the seven moves of doom that Cornette kind of worked out or whatever like in the shoot interview and such but he gets it down to a fine art in this one okay so um even in this point in his career Hall is completely fucked up his selling is the best yeah he's fucking great man like he comes across as an evil manipulative heel but he's entertaining you know I know cool heels aren't great for professional wrestling but fucking hell when he takes a punch he sells it like he's been shot yeah he's so fucking good man in fairness people are probably still trying to actually knock some light back into him so they probably yeah. were laying him in maybe man it's the most maybe the most underrated wrestler of all time scott hall oh i don't i don't think people would ever consider scott hall to be underrated as a wrestler okay because he I, never held the big belts doesn't I, again similar thing as i always say about piper and million dollar man did yeah. they they didn't need the big belt they would have liked the big belt as like the the crowning point on their the chair on the top of their wrestling careers yeah. but you, scott hall wrestlemania 10 Shawn michaels ladder match for the ic belt that's his legacy in professional wrestling yeah the probably one of the best wrestlemania matches ever and certainly the best ever ladder match yeah it's right up there are you trying to say WLC with Hans Morgan and Torito? <laughs> what, Torito? <Yes>. Torito, <laughs> no! Anyway, moving on. <laughs> That's Thank a joke. You, Only Letter. me and you really get... Well, actually, no, we broadcast that, didn't we? Yeah, the thousands of people who watch nothing else on TV for OWE would have seen that. No, I don't still have it lined up. Good uh, stuff. <laughs> so, yeah. Hardy takes a lot of the punishment from the Kings. Uh, outsiders do the cheating abdominal stretch spot, which I love absolutely it. fucking love. The ref doesn't catch on and doesn't play along. And you're like, opportunity missed, but still fun. You know Just where? Watch the product. Yeah, for sure. AJ gets tagged in and then gets exactly the same treatment Hardy got, where he just gets beaten down the whole time. Work smart, brother. Old boys are not giving them anything. And why would they? <laughs> They're the kings of wrestling. At this point, Jeff Hardy is primed to be a top guy. Yeah. If he didn't have a massive drug problem. And he and he was, because that's why they had Jarrett and um, Jeff Hardy at Victory Road. He's just come off feuding with Undertaker in WWE, for fuck's sake, yeah. you know? Like, how can, more can you put a guy over? Like, he's ready to go. And he's being shit all over by Hall, Nash and Jarrett. What a great shit to be under. <laughs> Fuck this company. So Scott Hall hits the sack of shit on AJ. Yeah. Did you Brilliant. did you at the SCPW show? I know we mentioned this. Like you cut cocked a glance over me when the sack of shit occurred. I was like, yeah. of course, man. Yeah. <laughs> Couldn't say it on SCPW commentary, but really wanted to. Ah, oh, that's a shame. It's all good. So uh, Nash has now been in the ring three times. He's been tagged in. He's now up to three moves. He's executed a clothesline. An elbow in the corner and a pinfall. <laughs> That's all he's done. Working smart. It's genuinely impressive how little he does in the ring. But so much in those three moves. You knew Nash was there because you could hear him going, Hey, my hamstring. Well, with that in mind, the crowd <laughs> is completely fucking dead, but they sound super perky still to me. So. Oh, in, in fairness, right, they, they were a little bit it, they were a little bit more into this than other matches. Okay, like, cool, cool. It was hard to tell because of the fake noise yeah. for me, but it was just weird. So, Tanae just said the crowd are doing a staccato hand clap. Fuck off. Fuck you, Mike Tanae. Um, 
I mean, again, imagine Vince McMahon's in his ear going, say they've got a stick clap. What, Vince? A staccato, Staccato. Vince. So for those who don't know, staccato are short notes. So to do a staccato clap, you would be going... Get your castanets out. Rather than like... <laughs> you like, to describe a clap is a staccato clap. Is just so pretentious. Like, oh! Hang on, but he's a professor. <sighs> it's just like using a big word because you've got the big word, but in the completely the wrong context. Hey, right? enough of your xenophobia. Let's move on. <laughs> I've done this a few times, you know, but it is what it is. Uh, Hardy gets a tepid warm tag and cleans house for a moment. Uh, a couple of false finishes. Nash, Nash pulls the ref out on one of them. Uh, Four. <laughs> guitar shot to Hardy by Scott Hall. Uh, Hardy falls off the turnbuckle onto Jarrett. <laughs> like, this is funny, but no one ever mentions no. it, whatever. Bump, 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 bam, bam. Land of hope and glory. Oh, sweet. Elizabeth's here. They don't have, because oh, Macho walks out to no fucking pomp and circumstance at all. Because someone thought, oh, hang on, look, someone from Ring Crew's here. <laughs> <laughs> so Macho Man runs out. Well, walks out. Jogs. Yeah, mm. limps, limps. <laughs> <laughs> and Don West goes, it's the macho man. He's so fresh. <laughs> Not how I would describe it. So he's been brushing his teeth with Colgate. Sponsor of this week's pod. <laughs> he calls him fresh. Fuck. Fresh. Exciting. Ooh. So all three faces have the heels in sleepers. I can't believe this is the finish. <laughs> Jarrett goes for a sunset flip after breaking out. Macho throws one single punch at Jarrett. He'd borrowed Pete Williams' knucks. One, two, three. <laughs> Macho, AJ, and Hardy win. With so, the power of the punch. The story is <laughs> AJ Styles. AJ Styles, the biggest prospect in professional wrestling in th- the 2000s, right? Absolutely. 2004, he's primed. He's a little bit of work, but he's ready to go. Yep. Jeff Jarrett. I'm sorry. Jeff Hardy who has been primed, who is ready to go. So you've got these two young faces. They can't do shit against three crippled old dudes, right? The One of them is the eternal mid-card of NWA World's Heavyweight Champion. But then Macho Man, like, he must be what? Better part of 60, 70 years old by this point. He's an old boy. He's in his. I'd say at this stage he'd be in his either late 40s, early 50s. Really? Yeah. He looks a lot older because of the wear and tear and yeah. everything. Comes out goes and wins the match for them okay i will play the devil's advocate here even though i completely agree with you go on tv deal on spike tv wcw closed in 2001 trying to bring back wrestling fans who do they know they've not watched the product they might they might know jeff jarrett they might know scott hall they might know kevin nash they will definitely know the macho king (laughs) yeah for sure so that gimmick by the way but yeah who are you gonna have go over on your show to then show stuff on spike tv are you going to have the recognizable face to then bring in the viewers or are you going to have some georgia boy who is very talented but the casual fan won't know i'm going to book a product that actually makes sense and creates buzz i don't give a fuck about old names i always knew you were tony khan <laughs> <laughs> i always I knew you, i always yeah, I knew I you had wish. his bank balance <laughs> see my fucking contract all right seth how you doing so um yeah it's it's Macho with one punch has just pinned the NWA World's Heavyweight Champion. Fuck this company. Even if it is Jeff Jarrett. Well, he hit him with 10 pounds of gold. <laughs> yeah! Let's move on. <sighs> I'm just 
going to cut to the outro here. Like, <laughs> <laughs> uh, Vince has now been taken into an ambulance. There's a bit of a vignette. Yeah, because he got attacked by the little person. Tanae goes, Don West, this has been an incredible night. <laughs> yeah, we've been paid for being really bad at our jobs. Mainly, most of the people I uh, fucking work with. Fuck it out. Tanae and West build, that's what they call it at least, up to the main event. We get a final resolution promo though, where they go on about their resolutions. Oh, this was brilliant, wasn't it? Fuck this company. <laughs> I'm going to try and be better at getting high. Hello, Jeff. The best bit was AJ going, I'm going to climb the corporate ladder. <laughs> like, nah, man. You have quite a good run for a little bit, but you're in for a good five to six years of fucking bullshit. You would be fine until Bishop and Hogan turn up. Oh, I'm really glad AJ's on Raw. Man, he was getting, like, jobbed before that as well. Like, even, like, he got to the point where they did everything they could do with him and just went, uh, got do you Christian want- Cage and Tomko. You can hang out with them for a bit. Do you want to wear Ric Flair's cast-off robe that he bought from Matalan for 12 bucks? Fucking idiots, man. So, I guess this is the point where I'll talk about this. So, I've mentioned this before on a podcast, but I used to post on a forum called Matt Forums, right? Just wrestling nerds, yep, hanging yep. out and stuff. And so, a TNA insider... I remember you saying about this, yeah. Yeah, used to come and tell us what was going to happen and give us proper spoilers and stuff. And like he would get it perfectly right, like really to the fine detail and stuff. And it was around this time. And so, I remember like there was bits where he was like, yeah, they're going to do a cage match and this is going to happen, this is going to happen. So, I knew all the high spots and shit before we went into it. And I was like, that's never going to happen. Then they did some of them. And you're like, oh, wow. Okay. This guy actually is legit. So I, I, like, for about a year, I had this, like, insider for TNA. And it was really fun. And I've got nothing more to say about it. I mean, it's fantastic you had this wonderful text relationship with Dusty Rhodes. (laughs) Thing is, it could have been, like, anyone. Well, I'm going to say it's Johnny Devine when he's in Paparazzi Productions. (laughs) Maybe, man. I always thought it was, like, a camera operator or someone does the catering or something like that backstage. You just sees the call sheet or hears people talking about stuff. But Yeah, but on the call sheet, though, you get wins and losses, but you won't get, I'm going to do what I do off the six sides of steel, which we'll discuss yeah. in a second. For sure. It, it felt like six months of being Dave Meltzer. <laughs> it must be really interesting, like being Meltzer and having all this stuff told to you. Yeah. And then reporting it. And then a lot of it's bullshit. Yeah, well, what I've heard from my sources yeah. is that Vince McMahon is about to die. <laughs> <laughs> Fuck, That's if he dies much. now, I'm going to be like the czar of professional wrestling. I've already made about Bret Hart and his grave, so it's all right, Dora. It's going to be fine. Uh, something that's happening backstage. Oh, no. Dusty sells some... Dusty, we cut to then we cut to Dusty Rose backstage, and he tells someone to play Cookie Gate. Yep. Tracy Douglas and Abyss are going to a WWE show with cookies. Well, they're, they're filming, uh, WWE are filming their Royal Rumble promo yeah. at this venue, at Orlando. Yeah. And they might be, but I'm not convinced because I'll... the footage I see is just blurred. It, they genuinely were there. No, I understand. Yeah. But as oh. a fan watching it, there's no evidence of this. My favourite part here was WWE catering is outside. <laughs> In the little kind of yeah. like covered bit. But right, this whole segment's fucking ridiculous. This is the whole thing they've been building up to. It's these these guys and the three live crew turn up and they've got cookies and they're joking about and stuff and Our truth steals some salad. There's 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 two people, yeah. That's that's the whole thing. The whole thing is that they oh, no. turn up to a WWE thing when Oh, it's it's a wrestler that we can't show, and another wrestler we can't show who seemed to be 
Ted DiBiase Jr. and Ray Ray. Yeah, it's Ray Ray. Right, definitely Ray Ray because you can tell because yeah. of the stature. And Especially the, when BG James asks, "Going, you're going to get fired." Yeah, that's quite <laughs> yeah. funny. But they're building this up like they've got some secret tape of sneaking into a WWE production studio and. You know, they're there at ringside and shit like this, but it's, it's fucking nothing. Oh, in, in fairness, a lot of this was based on wrestling, wrestling people, message boards online saying how WWE flipped their shit because TNA were filming there. They hyped up that there was this massive beef and confrontation. I think TNA would be like, just, we've got enough buzz. Let's just pay it, play it. We've got people to buy the pay-per-view. They've stayed to watch uh, the Kings of Wrestling. Don't worry about the main event. Yeah, but... And it also gave Shane Douglas a chance to go, and Tracy's bought some cookies and some muffins. But if you build and build and build, and then give the shittest payoff in existence... Sorry, do you not know what wrestling promotion we're fucking covering? Do you not remember every single amazing yeah. groundbreaking announcement from Dixie Carter? But it makes them look I've so amateur. It looks, yeah, it looks them, makes them look so amateur, though. And they were. Ah, oh, it's it's really weird. Like you cut back to Tanay and West, and they're just so proud of themselves. Well, you know? I don't think they'll be messing with <laughs> us again. <laughs> like, you came in our back garden, and we turned up and stole your salad. <laughs> like what the fuck? Like Monty Brown put some dose of the Serengeti juice in your salad. <sighs> ah. It's so bad. It's like oh my fucking god, the revolution has begun. <laughs> you know, like well, it is your final resolution. Oh, so bad. Well, good thing we've got a massive main event to look forward to in a Six Sides of Steel. For sure. So our main event Sorry, is... I, I cut you off in doing your main event in the evening thing. I can't even be fucked. So we've got Triple X of Christopher Daniels and Elix Skipper. All praise the fallen angel Christopher Daniels. Uh, versus America's Most Wanted, Chris Harris and Breda Walker. <laughs> <laughs> Chris Harris. And no, Chris Harris was Braden Walker. Wow, I got the spot wrong. Fucking hell. So, uh, pop James anyway. Storm and Braden Walker. I'll cut that in later. Wildcat <laughs> Christopher Harris. <laughs> so, um, the WWE video package, this is not. The opening package, this is fucking bad. Yeah. They... Really? they it's, it's, it was just dog shit it's, it's like they cut yeah. together seven different matches these these guys together and then just went Bruh. yeah there, there's no narrative there's no voiceover there's no production level it's just clips from the matches yeah and not even a lot of interesting stuff they show that they've had uh, a match in a normal ring so four sides of steel i guess you'd call it a couple of oh look he's hit the angels wings yeah right. exactly you know that's just like and that, that Don West and Tanae do an okay job of putting over that one bat team is going to have to disband. You know, yeah. I understood the story at least. So it's not all bad, but it's just not That video enough. package was like, we've got Chris Harris, we've got James Storm, we've got Christopher Daniels. It looks here. It was a little, wasn't it? Yeah. So AMW finish uh, with Harris doing the leg drop off the top of the cage from the four sides is pretty cool. You know, they show that. Yeah which is all good. Um, then Christopher Daniels and Elix Skipper come out. They've got this 90s hip-hop theme thing. Yeah, very nice. I'm like, mm, doesn't suit Daniels. It suits Elix, I guess. Best, mu best music he's had walking out since Curry Man. <laughs> I, I think I just said Elix Skipper had character. Sorry, I didn't mean to say that. <laughs> <laughs> you obviously didn't watch the promo before the match. <laughs> Was there a promo? Elix Skipper's here. Oh, yeah, cool. Like I was saying, I thought what, what, he, oh, no. he spoke. What the fuck? He no, doesn't okay. speak. Because I'm very aware we watch different versions as well, so whether there's something I've This is 2004 wrestling. Skip is not allowed to have a microphone. <laughs> so America's Most Wanted have spooty promo, spooty pyro and handcuffs. And you're like, ooh, that's going to come into play, I'm sure. Ryan so, Shamrock's um, at ringside. <laughs> 
so um immediately as they kind of start this i'm like are both teams faces here you kind of followed this a bit more than i did they're both very very popular triple x were like the uh they are supposed to be baddies but they were good in the ring so people liked them um it was very much uh they knew it was going to be a spot fest so it was pitched that it should be amw should be more facey right. but it was very much like a a split crowd wasn't it because i know triple x were meant to be heels didn't amw start as heels as well they didn't they turned face when they had their run with um oh god what the, the naturals so these are two teams that are meant to be heels oh no amw they face. turned face for this show no amw had already turned face triple x were still supposed to be heel okay that's not so bad because i was going into this thinking that they turned two face suit heel teams face by having good matches and then just put them in here again. <laughs> and I'm like, that's worse than worse. But that sounds reasonable. Yeah, a- AMW right. were the faces, but Triple X were getting over as baddies. Cool. So Jeremy Borash locks the door to the cage and his frosted tips. Uh, and the bell rings. Ding, ding. Elix Skipper and Chris Harris then take the normal position like they're in a tag match. So this is a normal tag rules match. Yes. Just in a no disqualification, a no DQ cage match. So it's like a gentleman's agreement or something. Yeah. It's fucking dumb. On the subject of tagging, we didn't mention in the in the pre-main event where Randy Savage came out and stood at the wrong turnbuckle to get tagged in. Oh, did he? Yeah. <laughs> okay, fair enough. <laughs> so there's a moment where the camera pans across the top of this cage and you can clearly see bits of spiky chicken wire like sticking out the top of the cage. It looks like they bodged it together. I really fucking did. Yeah, I feel really sorry for when the guys start getting out the top of the cage and they have to like lean across the top. Someone called... Like, someone called <gasps> pagano and they're like can we borrow your cage and he was like no i blow english lady <laughs> so um hardcore country wow and on this week's observer um or 4fw whatever they call it alvarez was going on about being at raw this week and the cage match oh the pay-per-view sorry and uh being in the cage match with a chicken wire and how yeah. if you sit on any sort of angle you can't see into the cage and they had no screens at the pay-per-view, so we just couldn't see what was happening yeah. the whole time. Hence why the crowd was so dead for the, um, the Kofi-Ziggler Kofi cage match, right? And it's like, oh, that makes so much sense. Because if you can only see it when you're sitting opposite a flat side of the thing, then half the arena <laughs> that was there couldn't see it, you know? <laughs> but for this one, you've got six sides. And so everyone can kind of see what's happening. Yeah. That's, that's the one benefit I found in the six sides. Yeah. And you can do the skipper spot, which is quite good. That's about it, though, isn't it? Yeah. Rigid as fuck. Yeah, it doesn't look comfy to take a bump on. I mean, old Big Blue was never comfy to take bumps on, they say, but the newer cages are. Yeah, but at least you could see what was happening inside Big Blue. Yeah, that's the problem with today's Hell in a Cell's cage matches. Big Blue yeah. was better for the fans. I, I think they need to incorporate some sort of, like, flexible perspex. You know what I mean? So oh. they are encaged, but we can see it. Like, like um, a few... Um, few mma companies have used it in the past like they have like um uh, what's it called like a kevlar hex thing oh, okay that you can have much further apart with bigger holes in it but still has the flexibility oh, and such nice okay so there's stuff out there i would like to see someone try something like maybe transparent a little bit you know or like semi-transparent certainly a lot easier to climb as well yeah for sure absolutely more comfortable for the guys in the ring nice it's softer to take a bump on because it's fabric rather than like this horrible grating steel yeah. stuff but I guess it doesn't have the um, the aesthetics of, like, a cage, you know? No, but then the whole idea of a cage is to be, you can't escape rather than, oh, it's a deadly weapon. Yeah, but they, the real, realistic point is that in, in the matches, especially this one, 
that, that's basically all they do they just slam each other into the walls of the cage over and over again very hurty yeah it does yeah so that that impact you would lose that by having like a fabric cage yeah uh, yeah i'm not sure how much it works but there's definitely there has to be something better out there yeah i just said like if, if you've got a corner seat yeah you'd be like fuck this you aren't seeing anything you yeah know? yeah yeah, well. So um, it's a pretty standard cage match, to be totally honest about it. Everyone gets a bit spotty once everyone's kind of involved in the match and we get all four people. When the rules have been r- r- thrown out the window. Yeah, the, the idea of tagging in a cage match is fucking Pointless. dumb to me. Yeah, really dumb. In fairness, tag, tag team cage matches never made sense to me. It's a case of, right, one's escaped, so you've left your partner two on one. Yeah, it has to be pinfall or submission in a cage, really, doesn't yeah. it? So cell matches. I think yeah. so. And I said, un- yeah. unless, it, unless it's literally one on one then you can have escaped the cage. Unless one of the tags have like a big faction that's being kept out and that's why they've yeah. got the cage. That would make sense. Just chuck four dudes in the ring that've got a rivalry, you know. Uh, that'll work well. What's the name of the big group in AEW now? Um, with... Uh, uh, s- no, uh, with Gallagher and the other big monster guy. You know, they have all their little putty patrol running around with them. This is a faction? I can't remember what the name of them are. Rem- remember that they had on, the, on um, Double or Nothing... Yeah. They had the guys who invaded the ring with all the minions. Oh, Super Smash. There you go. Or the Order is then The Order, called. that's it. Yeah. yeah, okay. Yeah, that that might work because they're a tag and they've got a faction of like minions. Yeah. That... But the thing is, you know what's going to happen because it happens in every fucking cage match when they try and keep someone out. They just interfere in the match. So it's Someone's pointless. there to catch stuff. <laughs> anyway, so Christopher Daniels Blades, Chris Harris Blades, Storm Blades. Elix, Elix Skipper's Skipper doesn't. <laughs> <laughs> that's because Elix Skipper's done this going, don't put in the fucking promo video. I'm not fucking blading for you, fuckers. Yeah. Yeah. I've got something bigger planned, gentlemen. For sure. Triple uh, X handcuffed Braden Walker to the ring post. Uh, main story is that Storm needs to get the key off of Christopher Daniels so that he can free Braden Walker to do the whole end sequence yep. or whatever, uh, which he eventually does. Uh, Storm does an inverted suplex into the six sides of steel, which is very safe looking, and the crowd are instantly like, DNA, DNA. The fucking marks. Wait, Tess and Albert are here. And this is again where I had a moment of like, wow, TNA. I mean, TNA. <laughs> TNA. Yeah, here we go. TNA can't form full sentences. I know that's easy for me to say. They might stumble <laughs> over my shit, but whatever. Yeah, but you're not here to be broadcast to at least tens of people. Yeah, for sure. So I, he's live on commentary. He's allowed to slip up. But I started to notice it more and more. And this is where I had the perfect example of wh- why he can't form sentences. He talks like Yoda. Okay? He doesn't say... His face looks like hamburger meat, or they've turned his face into hamburger meat. What he says is hamburg hamburger meat is what his face is. <laughs> hamburger meat is what his face is. Exactly. <laughs> like Tanae is Yoda on commentary. <laughs> He's fucking terrible at it. That almost sounds like you're trying to give him a compliment. Mike yeah. Tanae is Yoda on commentary. No, it's not a compliment. He just can't form fucking normal sentences anymore. Upset it's- he is by this comment. <laughs> How long was it before they got rid of tna and west it was years wasn't it wasn't until tna went over to pop and they got josh matthews in yeah and they bought in like people like taz on commentary taz and mike tna terrible and then let the pigeons loose oh it's just so bad the only thing they ever did good on commentary do you know what i'm gonna refer to booker t 
Oh, Jesus. Was it Black Dynamite or something? Yeah. He was fucking hilarious going in the ring with the microphone doing commentary and stuff and like doing spots while doing commentary. And that is how the impossible dream. Oh, mate, it's just perfection. Like, yeah, yeah, for sure. So uh, Triple X do the AMW finish, the death sentence leg drop, which is pretty cool, uh, which kicks off a series of high spots. Triple X do it, go to do it again, but with Elix climbing off the top of the cage, but ends up with Storm chasing him, then giving Elix Skipper a top rope power bomb. Like, oh, that looked painful. Yeah, especially that six sides of st- that six sided ring. That's not got any give for sure. Like it looks, yeah, iffy to say the least. But they look okay. They do it relatively safely. Yeah. You gotta say, as much as I don't like um, Harris and Storm in general, all four guys in this match are relatively safe good tag teams yeah with what they're doing yeah they could easily kill each other yeah they're very good at protecting each other yeah. there is one moment which is not the moment we're thinking of the other one but we'll get to it so um chris daniels and harris are on the top of the cage now right harris push harris pushes chris daniels down kind of like gently pushes him down so he's on the turnbuckle serengeti survival mode <laughs> 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 that was good for our youtube watches so anyway so Harris is sitting on top of the cage with Chris Daniels blowing him and Elix Skipper. Chris Daniels blowing him? <laughs> Let me get there. Elix Skipper climbs up a different turnbuckle. He's then up there and then that Elix Skipper spot happens. This is the most incredible thing TNA ever did. This is this is the peak, the high point, the the epitome of everything that was good about TNA. This is the vignette moment yeah this is this will be in every package for the rest of the time you know even though it's a guy we've never pushed we've never utilized in any fashion whatsoever apart from his chris daniels tag mate you know what i mean like but he does this shit yeah he walks across the fucking old school undertaker the, the chicken thing. wire yeah doing the chicken the fucking chicken wire in his feet you know what i mean and he starts to kind of lean. You're like, oh, oh, is he going to make it? And at the last second, he kips up and fucking gives uh, Harris the runner off the top of the cage. It's incredible. Could have gone so horribly, horribly wrong. Yeah. And the whole time, it looks like he's about to stack it. Yeah, because he's like, whoa. And it looks like he almost fucks the runner at the end. but Which means the pop is 10 times bigger than it probably would have been if he hadn't have almost fucked it up. Because you can see people going, boom as they hit it safely and everyone's like relieved almost you know other than joe versus kurt that is the biggest pop in tna history that moves big man like so incredible oh and also when rhino debuts (laughs) (laughs) oh fucking hell yeah but this spot is just it's perfection isn't it this is one of the i said along with cookie gate this was the reason why i thought that I'd suggest this show because everyone who you mentioned TNA to or at that time, this was a spot they'd think about. This is their viral clip. This is the yeah. thing people saw and started watching the next had, week. Had social media been kicking around, this would have been Joey Janela, Chantel Jordan all over again. This would be all over the news. All Chantel over Jordan? This is the one that Joey Janela fought around the streets of Coventry with that got into things like the Telegraph and oh, the Daily okay. Mail. Did it? Okay, cool. Awesome. As Joey Janela beat up a 15-year-old girl. Oh, the, the pile driver on the car. I yeah. remember. Yeah, okay. Sweet, sweet. Um, so, I mean... Yeah, rewatching it, it is brilliantly executed. Yeah. Like all four all three guys that are involved in this do just the best job. You can see Harris like grab Skipper as he's falling yeah. almost. Just to make sure that he doesn't kill himself. And then he kind of takes the bump and you're like, Yeah, it's really clever, really well yeah. worked. You can see how professional these guys are, you know. Really, yeah. really top quality. But then <laughs> Chris Daniels goes up to the top of the cage. And can't be one ups. And does a huge fucking elbow drop, which is really cool. But then 
Jesus fucking Christ, this Tower of Doom spot out the corner. Uh, it's terrifying. Chris Daniels almost breaks his fucking spine. Awful. Like it's fucking a, awful. It's a four person with Chris Daniels on top. They do the simple suplex thing, but Chris Daniels is what? It just pivots the wrong way. goes like another 45 degrees the wrong way. He's like five seconds ahead of everyone in the movement as yeah. well. Like the three of them land quite safely, but Chris Daniels at the top is like here as their kind of vertical still. I like it to Elix Skipper's body movement as he was supposed to be walking straight on that cage because he's always turning to his left. Yeah. But you can see how much professional Daniels is, how he saves his own fucking life yeah. by just bumping on his front, you know? Yeah. Imagine he still tried to bump on his back. He would have just spiked himself. He would have killed himself. Yeah. But he realizes what's happening. He's like, oh, if I just turn a little bit, boom, I'm fine. Yeah. You know, it, it looks terrifying, but if you carefully watch Chris Daniels fall... He lands comfortably on his Consulate stomach. Like, professional. Fucking hell, you're good, mate. Like, yeah, really, really good. So, um, Harris now handcuffs Christopher Daniels to the cage. AMW do the powerplex, which is apparently Triple X's finisher, which is the same one that Raven and Canyon broke Villano's neck in WCW yep. with. The powerbomb kind of neck break combination. For the one, two, three, and still a team in TNA AMW. Big prize. <laughs> you get to be a tag team still. <laughs> Uh, Christopher Daniels looks sad as AMW have their hands raised. A very serious voice goes, This has been a presentation of TNA Wrestling. And we're out of here. Here's a controversial comment. Oh, sorry, controversial question. Go ahead. Christopher Daniels. Yes. Better tag team wrestler than his singles wrestler? Maybe. Um... Okay, let's be brutally honest about it. This time, I would, especially in his little run in ROH as well and the, the whole TNA stuff I was never the biggest fan I like the character the fallen angel character yeah I like that idea about it I, I was into Loki double stomping mm. people in the head and you know Super Dragon yeah doing a million different variations on power drivers and killing people and stuff at the time you know and I was into Lance Hoyt <laughs> <laughs> aren't we all <laughs> like, you know he's a Serengeti boy so, <laughs> this is the thing now by the way Just, yeah. it's on but like you see Chris Daniels and he's he's a good worker. He's safe. He's quite spotty, but not amazingly spotty, like to Amazing Red or He's the upper you know, he's even the, AJ. He's the mid card guy who could always be in the main event feud if you needed someone. Yeah. But he would never be someone you'd put at the top of your company and go, This is the guy. Yeah. And he was in the Joe AJ Daniels triple threat match. The best match in TNA history. Absolutely. And I'm sure he had a great involvement in putting that match together. Yeah. But the bits you remember... Were Joe and AJ. Yeah. And that's good because he's not taking the spotlight from these two dudes who are going to be fucking superstars. He understands the business. Yeah. But as as a... Um, uh, how old would I have been? 2004. That's when my maths comes out. I would have been like 19 at this time. Yeah. You're a bit younger than that. You're probably about 17. So you're 33 now, aren't you? Yeah. My math is terrible. Anyway, so yeah, my late teens, right? Um, I just, I, I, I didn't care for him. There's it nothing to remember, really. It's just he was that guy. You can't okay promo. He was an entrance and he was a BME. Yeah, which are not uh, high oh, spots at this time. And really. he was Curry Man. That's when he got over Which me. me. Yeah. He's sure. a hot. He's a spicy. He tastes great. It's when he would cut promos and he'd be like, Hodo, do, 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 Kento Kobashi. Just say Japanese wrestler names and, Oh, Toyota, Hyundai. Even though that's Korean. I was, like, I was like the thing where he's like, So racist. 
<laughs> eat it, eat it, eat it. But hilarious, you know, really, really good. Um, I wonder if I'd be allowed to be curry man. I mean, why not? You know, you find a different thing. You'd be like, I don't know, pork pie man or something. <laughs> I'm going to eat my pork pie hat. Num, num, num. <laughs> Actual pork pie, you know what I mean? Yeah. Like, yeah, it'd be great. Sustenance during the ring. Uh, I don't know. What do you think of this show? Dog shit. It's abysmal, isn't it? It's abysmal. <laughs> abysmal. <laughs> oh, it, yeah. I mean, this is, this is a problem, right? Again, at that time, this is when we were... As soon as they signed Joe, that's when it turned the corner because they had Joe, Desmond Wolf. <laughs> I remember seeing this happening and going, it's going to be fucking brilliant. I'm going to watch it every week. And literally three or four weeks later going, I'm never watching this shit ever well, no, again. This thing, this is this was the lull. So this is TNA trying to establish itself. And then it built people like Desmond Wolf. Obviously, Nigel McGuinness. Nigel McGuinness, yeah. AJ Styles, Joe, Daniels, Kurt Angle coming over. Yeah. This was the great time. And then they did this. Hang on, Bret Hart. <laughs> Bret Hart's going to be on Monday Night Raw. Oh, we've signed Hogan. <sighs> wow, that and was a we, mistake. And, and we, Bischoff. And we've killed our fucking company. Hey, SmackDown. Yeah. It's so weird to think that Bischoff's now back. Like, I listen to his podcast a lot. He's delusional. He thinks he did great in WCW. He thinks that, like, you know, every decision I made was perfect. Like, David Arquette made sense. <laughs> All this sort uh, of I mean, shit, here's you know? what I'll say for, for Bischoff. Um, his business sense uh, it, like, like Paul Heyman Paul Heyman's a creative genius he just doesn't have a fucking clue when it comes to running a business because you think his approach would be similar to what my old man's used to be I'm sure I'll get some money somewhere I think that's certainly how Heyman is seen yeah. Where, whereas Bischoff is very much what's the bottom line what's the bottom line and, and in a way that's what Vince is but he's very short sighted oh yeah you know he always goes on whenever he's confronted about why did Hogan not lose here he goes, he was the one, the money. He was the household name. Yeah. Like, it's so short-sighted to think that that's okay. You know what I mean? And that realistically, Bischoff had one good year with WCW. Yeah. But then again, to be fair, WWE, uh, WCW only had two good years in their entire run. I guess so. Yeah. 98 and 99 before it tailed off. But obviously, the, the 83 weeks, which he based his entire podcast on. When When's um, Bash at the Beach with Hogan Turns? 97, isn't it? No, that would have been before that because 98. Uh, possibly 96. Because that was the good year for me. That first run of the NWA. NWO, sorry. Um, yeah, I think yeah, 96 and 97 was NWO. Because 98, 99 and stuff, you have all the awesome wrestlers coming in. Like the Eddie Guerrero's, Chris Benoit's, yeah. Malenko's, Chris Jericho's, blah, 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 blah. But the booking of them is fucking abysmal. But you've got to, again, remember, so Bischoff was out from maybe five, six weeks after Bash at the Beach 98. Right. So summer 98, and then Bischoff's gone until late 99. Yeah. So, yeah, so 96, 97, 98 would have been the, the glory years from the start of the NWO all the way up. Yeah. But, again... Dixie Carter ruined a lot of TNA. Dixie Carter was a mark for herself. Mm. TNA now Impact have always struggled because they've never been able to basically remove the shit that's with their name. They've tried to change their name. They'll always be like, oh, that's shitty TNA. Yeah. Ring of Honor have been shit, but people are still like, Ring of Honor was once good. Yeah. At no stage, other than the case of, here's four wrestlers that TNA could have skyrocketing themselves based around mm. and Kurt Angle as well to make their their five yeah I'm fine with that yeah. 
what have TNA actually ever done and contributed to the business other than Joe, <sighs> other than the, the three-way between Joe Daniels and AJ mm. and the amazing MMA basically sort of shoot style match between Kurt and Joe? It gave us like being really, really beneficial to them and really biased if I was going to be, which I'm not, but to, to play devil's advocate, whatever. TNA gave us something else that wasn't WWE that was on TV. Yeah. TNA gave us something to bitch about instead of WWE being shit. Yeah. Because this is probably WWE's worst time period, in my opinion. Yeah. Coming out of the the new generation into the Attitude Era, and this is the transition to Super Cena. Yeah. And you think about who those, like, WWE have this thing where they would always have five or six guys as their top people. So in the 80s and 90s, it was, you know, Alma Warrior, Hulk Hogan, Macho Man. You could probably put Ted DiBiase, Bret Hart, yeah, whatever. So you had, then you have the new era of Shawn Michaels, Bret Hart, Taker, Taker. et cetera, et cetera. You then have Austin, Rock, Jericho, Triple, Triple H, H Mankind. You know, yeah. But then you have Edge, not for me. John Cena, not for me. Batista, not for me. Randy Orton, not for me. You know, it's this, it's this endless yeah. list of vanilla giants with shitty tattoos that can't fucking work, you know? And, like, this is what they're competing against. And so... They had an opportunity to take a good market share, especially with a Spike TV deal. They had everything working for them. And I, and then they spent all the money on Hogan and Bischoff. <sighs> and then it... Ca- had they just... Because car- that's the... Until Bischoff and Hogan came in... We haven't even in, mentioned Russo. <laughs> well, fuck me. But, yeah, but until... But that, that, as soon as Bischoff and Hogan came in, that killed TNA. Because that's yeah. when they have... That's just before they had the big three-way. And then they came and were like, you know what this company needs? Orlando Jordan and the Nasty Boys. Yeah. Because this was just after Hogan had done his, <laughs> his shows in Australia. Yeah, I remember. Yeah, for sure. That tour looked hilarious, by the way. But, but like... Oh, we should cover some of those shows if we can find them. That would be good if we can find them. Yeah, for sure. So, compared to like modern day. So, AEW are out here. They're a new company trying to compete with WWE. They've got a big backer, like TNA had, like Dixie Carter at this point. You know what I mean? Yep. They've got some, some original stuff going on. They've got some really good talent signed. You know what I mean? What's the difference? Why is AEW really watchable and, and like a breath of fresh air to me? And why is TNA fucking dog shit? Like, because at the time when TNA was coming in and was turning dog shit, WWE still had the last glimpses of people going, it's a bit bad, but they're going to turn a corner. And then 15 years later, it's wow. just been dross since 2004. Yeah. Realistically. If you can think WWE style since 2004, the biggest angles they've had have been CM Punk being given a microphone and Dragon winning the belt at 30. Yeah, because the fans forced it upon them. Yeah. And Punk leaving allowed them to give Dragon the belt. Yeah. So if you think in 15 years, you've had two moments. I would put the shield coming up as another moment. Because that was really over for a little while. I w- but I, I wouldn't say that switch the needle i don't think people go oh yeah, this this young maybe. the instant impact so the organic growth of daniel bryan yeah so now at the time tna was like fuck me let's just keep signing old wwe guys ma, 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 ma. Yeah. and now with AEW, this case of we've got all these really talented good storytellers who basically have the shackles on imagine how good wrestling could be if they could do what they fucking want yeah. and AEW is doing and because everyone's just become sick of it it's true of any walk of life everyone's fucked off with the norm everyone's fucked off with the people in power Think of now, let's look at our stupid parliament. Vince McMahon's in charge. Do we want Vince McMahon in charge? No, we fucking don't. Yeah. We want someone else in charge. We want to see what, oh, we'll look at these backbenchers doing this amazing stuff in NXT. Let's post them. Oh, fuck you, Reese Mogg. It turns out you're a cunt too. <laughs> um, but that, that's why people want to get on board AEW. And also, not being funny, 
AEW is now for those people like you and me who grew up watching wrestling in like the late uh, late 80s, early 90s. So it was something we're familiar with. Then we grew up with it because they got like tits and beaver kicking out and kick-ass wrestling coach. Yeah. And then because we've stuck with what we liked so much, obviously not you as much as me, have stuck with a pretty shit product for so long. Now someone's come along and might actually be able to go, we'll give you a weekly show with what you'd like to see for two hours every, let's say, Tuesday night. Yeah. You can be part of this. And also, you know, everyone loves being part of something at the beginning. You know, we went off and bought our AW merch as soon as it was released. For sure, yeah. People want to be part of something. Whereas TNA was a case of, ah, they're just taking others at a time where people didn't know as much. Because if you think as well, a lot of the wrestling in 2004, Mm. I know we said about the internet, but the internet was really paying a huge factor in wrestling from that time for TNA up to 2010 before all the big blow-ups of the independents. People in 2004 probably a bit like, Oh, I don't know enough about this. I would say um, in 2004, the big difference in what TNA are doing and what AEW are doing now for me, it's a lot less about what nostalgia we can get from it and a lot more about like just having something that's good. Yeah. You know, like I think that's the simplest way I can put it. It sounds so obvious to say, but TNA wasn't good. It it disrespects you for paying attention. Yeah. You know what I mean? So far with AEW, I've been rewarded for caring about what's happening. Other than the buy-in last weekend. <laughs> Even that, like, I, I like it. I think some of it's funny and silly and dumb. And, like, I love the librarian shit because it's so bad it's funny to me. <laughs> you know what I mean? Yeah. I mean, it's not... It's not everyone's cup of tea, but the fact yeah. of the matter is, they the whole idea is tea. Kid, <laughs> Sorry, I'm just gonna keep doing that because it's hilarious. The buy-in for this show. The is, buy-in, it's fucking great. That gimmick's over. <laughs> Peter Avalon is getting that gimmick over. I don't care what anyone says. The fucking librarian shit is but gonna again, be hilarious within a month or two. They pitched this to be in line with the concept of the show. Yeah. So when they do the next show, where it's going to obviously be for the victims of gun violence, there's going to be fuck all comedy on that show. Yeah, it's going to be solid wrestling. So they pitched it. Lots of positivity. And one thing which I do enjoy most, again, about wrestling fans, and I always said it, if you like it, great. If you don't like it, don't watch it. But exactly. don't need to bitch about it. But seeing at Fighter Fest where they had some tarped off sections. You know we do a podcast where we bitch about bad yeah. wrestling, right? I'm just but saying. Though, but, no, but wrestling fans <laughs> taking taking sides. In the case of everyone bitch about WWE for not having tarped off sections. Well, look, AEW had tarped off sections as well. Yeah. Yeah, but they had a really good product. Yeah, for sure. Um, my thing with everything that's going on at the moment in pro wrestling is just don't pick a side. Just enjoy wrestling. Watch what you want to watch. Don't watch what you want to watch. And come to yeah. our crowd training seminars. Yeah, for sure. Right, on that note, let's end it there because it's been a long one. Um, worldofwrestlingpodcast.com is where you can find everything World of Rest Pod on Twitter is the best place uh, you can also find us on Facebook World of Wrestling Podcast so hit us up do all that sort of shit go buy a t-shirt as well just go to amazon.com or amazon.co.uk selling like cakes that are hot yeah for sure like this is the best way to support us if you really want to it's pretty cool it's a decent design and everything so yeah we'd really appreciate it if you can pick up a t-shirt that'd be fucking awesome and because people are buying t-shirts I'm hoping in the next couple of weeks I'll be able to offer some interesting discounts on wrestling based products based on our listenership viewers 
membership, etc. So awesome. keep them peeled on our social media platforms. Rewards. What's your socials? At the Tex Williams on Twitter, Facebook, and Instagram. I like how you've added the Facebook. You always remember it every week. You're a pro. I'm fucking terrible at this shit. So uh, I'm Fanboy Rich on pretty much everything. Got your handle right this week? <laughs> I did. That isn't Facebook. Because, you know, Facebook sucks. Yeah, if you get. <laughs> if, if Rich sends you a message, you know it's a fake. Someone's created a fake <laughs> Facebook account for you. <laughs> uh, it's been a pleasure, man. Let's do a cornflake rating on this show. One. Minus, Pure... fi- minus five stars. Absolutely. Minus five ricicles. I'll give it minus four. Because there was some good stuff in it. But what? the commentary alone, this could have been the greatest wrestling show in the world. That commentary throughout my fucking ears the whole time. I wanted to rip my fucking ears off my head. So book Mike to know. What are we doing next week? Okay, next week. This is my pick, this one. We are going to be doing the GCW Joey Janela Spring Break 3, which features the Invisible Man versus the Invisible Man with Bryce Remsburg refereeing I cannot fucking wait to talk about this show. See you for some quality comedy wrestling this time next week, live at five on YouTube. Fuck yeah, and everywhere else after on podcast apps and everything. Take it easy, Like, subscribe, rate, review, share. Tell a friend. Suck my dick. Don't do that last one. Serengeti! Serengeti! (laughs) 